Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 186. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I am Rich. You have that, uh, like, uh, shotgun sound effect, like you're pumping the shotgun? <laughs> I know, right? Get the sh- new shotgun ready. I said I was going to get it last week, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's much more. Yeah, just when last week wasn't enough for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, the big news of the week is, of course, Manchester. Doesn't get... Get much bigger than that. There you go. There you go. What, what the fuck was that? From? That sounds <laughs> like yes, sounds, the news pistol. Like yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. What are you? What are you trying to start a foot race? <laughs> <laughs> like I think if I'm over ten feet away and you hit me with that thing, you might bruise me. You know, settle down. There we go. Is this better? No. It says shotgun. It, it sounds like somebody's about to take a pistol in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's a shotgun and it's like across that's, the room. It's not it's not a fully version of a shotgun, that's for sure. There you go. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you it's go. fully loaded with stories about well you know, even I feel like I'm gonna play Duke Nukem. <laughs> even when we talk about tragedy we have to talk about uh, you know, fucked up leaks and shit too. Yeah. This this thing in Manchester, of course. I mean, is horrible. But well, I, wanna, I, I don't I know wanna, what I could. I just want to just real quick get maybe a couple facts here because I've heard conflicting yeah. stories. Maybe you guys know for sure. Apparently, this was not an attack inside of the building. It was attack. He he blew himself he, up outside of the building. Yeah, he bombs was. Off yeah, he wasn't. A, he, I don't think he attended the concert. He was standing outside where the. There were parents that were waiting to pick their kids up, and then just kids coming out of the building. See, okay. now I hear three different people, three different uh, uh, stories here. I thought he came up of a there was a, a the subway connects to the arena, and I thought he blew himself up in the little uh, entrance of the subway to the arena. See, fucking. What I meant oh, was well, he wasn't standing in the middle of the main floor. No, yeah, he, correct. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. The concert was over and people this, were leaving. Yeah, he didn't have a ticket. Wa- he didn't. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't like the 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 Eagles of Death Metal attack where they just like they were there in the concert and opened fire and right. you know started what they were going to do. Although, <clears throat> that's what I was clarifying. Because I mean, yeah. so far it's what twenty two dead and like over sixty injured. I mean, that's a lot of people. But if he was standing main floor, it'd been a lot worse. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot uh, worse. I don't know. Uh, you ready for more security it, it theater been, when you go to concerts now? Well, no doubt. It, it, it could have been worse, definitely. But, I mean, this brings up... This isn't just an issue of, you know, do I let my kid go to a concert? Or, you know, how how tight is the security at events like this? I mean, he he wasn't in the venue. All he has to do is walk up to any crowd of people. So... I, I guess the reason I bring that up is because it's there's a there's certainly a lot of reaction to it that is understandable whether it makes sense or not. You know, um, 
I heard about events that were canceled because of it, like the Rastaveria on the Grande's tour. I also heard a lot of events that were determined to go on because they weren't going to live in fear. And what do you really do to solve this except for not gather in large groups? Which is impossible. <laughs> right. So it's, it's inevitable. It's like it's like death, man. We right, just, I mean, is, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be grim about it, but the odds of you being in a terrorist attack are very slim. And if for whatever reason you beat those odds, it's nothing you could have controlled. Right. I mean, that, that's that's what right. that's what the terrifying thing is. It's the fear of the unknown. It's yeah, right. Trust it, me, it, it is just fear driven. People are fear. They're afraid of random acts of violence, but they're not afraid of the everyday acts of violence that occur so i mean i keep relating it to traffic accidents and just put put up any death by terrorist attack statistic up against car accidents anywhere yeah and and tell me why we need to act so decisively and restrict freedoms in order to pursue these people when we let people drive on the freeways every day and kill each other and we're all afraid of autonomous vehicles that could that could definitely save lives so, so what is your main the purpose really here? part of that uh, the devil's advocate of that is you don't know uh, there isn't a specific group of cars that are all prone to kill people um, um, uh, Ed, well there's uh, what is what is it nader would say a, a 65 <laughs> corvair disagrees right, with <laughs> right. <laughs> True, and that, and I'm it's not, not. It's not like I'm only not saying, Toyotas are getting in accidents. Yes, and I'm not saying that this shouldn't be pursued at all. I'm saying that there's no answers that changes to lifestyle, changes to uh, to any kind of freedom that anybody has in 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 their country can do to curb this. It it will it's happen, a- just like just like car accidents and murders will happen and cancer will happen and it's an acceptable it's a risk we agree to accept even if we don't verbalize it but yet and we right. do it without like you're saying we don't give up freedoms i mean i guess you can make an argument a little bit that some of the laws and stuff but whatever that's for, for a different day but no i well, get there, what you're saying there are if certain freedoms that we are willing to give up that really just aren't that big of a deal and you know people differ on on how much their freedom may or, be restricted when they travel on an airplane but most people just understand that hey this is just the world we live in and so i have to now get to the airport an hour earlier to go through all of this well let's just accept that and move on but when it when it starts affecting other things like possibly somebody's a uh, uh, freedom to just express themselves or just to go out on a Saturday night and gather at a bar somewhere and not have to be searched at the door. Yeah, I, but see, that's, that shit started well before 9-11. And it's just, I mean, it's gotten worse, obviously. And it's, and it's gotten worse at a much faster rate. But I remember getting searched going into bars, and I was like, really? It's, you know, and it was the 90s. Certain bars, you know, hey, come here, pat you down. Some of them even had a wand. Yeah, in Detroit. But once, see, once again, like, I guess the thing is, is uh, uh, car accidents happen 
at a much greater frequency, we don't start snatching people's rights to drive and, and restricting who who can drive more and more. Certainly and, not. We we consider it a, a, a freedom that we. But enjoy. we might want to start well, figuring out why we're having more accidents all of a sudden. See, and that's the thing. When when terror attacks happen, and this is this is this is what's going to be beautiful about this one as far as just pure fuckery in the US. This didn't even happen to us and somehow we're going to we're going to end up taking measures as if it did. Oh, There's yeah. going to be some new shit passed, some new law passed, some more rights taken away or shorted, whatever. They give you less wiggle room. And well, it right. didn't happen to us. Well, we saw Trump on his visit to the Philippines talk to their president um uh, shit, what's his name? Did they just declare martial law in one of their cities? Yeah. Well, he at the time, that was actually after they had met that he declared martial law. <laughs> he at got the, his idea from Trump. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Well, I think Trump might be getting ideas from this guy. but Because Trump was congratulating on him on his success in dealing with the uh, the drug war. Uh, in in his country, which over I think over the last two years, there's been nine th- over nine thousand deaths of just drug users and minor dealers where they encounter the 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 police in the Philippines and you know shit just quote unquote goes wrong and they somehow end up dead. Basically, the top down uns- unspoken order there is, hey, if you can find a way to just kill these people, we can all save a lot of paperwork and trouble. And that's, well, how, yeah. they've been, that's how they've been dealing with their drug crisis. And that's what our president was congratulating him on. Congratulations on wiping out thousands of your own citizens instead of trying to find them help or arresting them if they're hurting others. And, and now they've know, instituted martial law, so I'm sure he's going to pick up the phone again and be like, hey, that's a... Congratulations on controlling your population. I'm going to have to remember that. Does that uh, control the press, too? Because I, I can really get, use a hand hey, with them. Hey, he's got the Attorney General to back his play. The Attorney I mean, General is already well, all for it. He is, that's what I'm saying. Sessions he is, is all like about, chomping at the bit. Yeah, he is all about... He has is, he is come out and said and started to put wheels in motion of better cooperation between federal police and local police. I love I love when it comes to weed, the states' rights party throws the states' rights right out the window. Mm, I fucking yes. love that. And they yeah. do it, well, and they don't even make an excuse for it. They don't even, they're just so gangster, they're just like, yeah, and? You got something else to say? Well, it's because Sessions believes that there's no such thing as a good person who smokes weed. Yep. There we go, folks. That's our attorney general, folks. So, Seriously, weed smokers. This is this is this is the greatest threat to America from yeah. inside our own borders. Potheads. The other way, the other way that we can make this tragedy in Manchester about us is the stories about <laughs> how we can't be how we can't be trusted with information. Just really like our president as, can't. We, we really do come off as narcissistic fucks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you want to no, know, you wanna the, know the, too, what I see when I type in evil losers into Google? Just trying to get the, the, uh, sure. the sound bite. I'm getting all these things on... Uh, uh, the View bashes Trump as unpresidential for calling terrorists evil losers. 
evil losers. That's all you got, President Trump. That apparently was a thing on CNN. Like, what the? So that's all you've got, CNN. You want? That's all you've got to work <laughs> with right now. Uh, yeah, you. What? Is, it, is it a slow news day? Yeah, I know, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, there's been two ISIS terrorist attacks in the last three days, and really, we're still going hard on Trump. Okay, and come on, on this one. come on, media. On this one, and it's not you. It's not like I don't think any of us are fucking firmly in Trump's corner, to say the least. But come the fuck on. If he just said radical, if he just said radical Islamist, they'd be all over him for for or radical Islam. All hell would have broke loose. Yes. If he just said evildoers, they'd have said, "Oh, he's putting a, like he's doing a Bush. He's putting or he's doing a W. He's putting a, that Christian slant on it. The evildoers versus the Crusaders." He was fucked no matter what he said. And welcome to the presidency. That's that's par for the course. That comes with the fucking territory, bud. Get used to it. Well, but, I mean, it, it, it is it kind does. of silly. He sounds like a 12-year-old talking about these fucking losers. <laughs> really? I mean, well, I almost, well, if he'd have come out and said bastards, I'd have had a little bit more respect for him. I agree that it comes with the territory of being the president that you're going to have people who are just automatically not on your side who are going to denounce everything that comes out of your mouth. Exactly. But but there's also, a, he has to own a lot of this too. He's put himself in a situation where everything that comes out of his mouth now need, needs to be criticized. It needs to be scrutinized because we need to try and understand as best as we can what the fuck is going on inside the brain of our own president. No one knows it, what the fuck's going on. Ever since about November 8th. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Just, but uh, I, just, I think there's, there's some people getting a better idea of what's going on. Well, I just thought I was bringing that up just because you were going trying to dovetail nicely into you talking about how our media is pretty much well, we were talking yeah. before the show how uh this whole yeah i you know i wanted to mention real quick when i was the uh the filipino president uh damn it what is his name should we just call he, him president of philippine president du of the philippines terry yes thank you I kept, I kept no, wanting no, to no, say I, it was okay. Duerte, but I'm like, no, yeah, that's a band. I, no, that's Duende. You're du yeah. Duende, yes. <laughs> D-U-T-E-R-T-E. -E. And, yes. yeah. Man, man you, you, don't he, hear this, everyone. you don't hear this too much. He needs to buy a consonant. <laughs> you have far too he, many vowels in your name, sir. We, we found out this week that he told him where we had our nuclear submarine stationed in the area of North Korea. Oh my God, dude! This guy is the biggest. Right, he's the so, he's like the biggest douchebag in high school who tells you his every single fucking conquest and story about his son on the football field. He's like somebody who accidentally got promoted to manager, like one of those kind of people. Good lord! I mean, he's this like, is not conversations you have with foreign leaders. He's like Peter Gibbons right. in Office Space. He's trying to get right. fired. And he just keeps being pushed up the ladder. He's kind of like the. Um, the store manager of a fast food restaurant that works with a bunch of teenagers hey, and is constantly hey, trying to easy. impress them about <laughs> the cool things that he knows and can do. Like, he's, look at uh, these keys that I have. He's the, he's the bald guy in waiting. He's the bald manager. <laughs> yeah, he's David Beckman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody needs to give him a fruit basket. <sighs> yeah, so... the. This leak, though, uh, in relation to the information about the bomber in Manchester, 
is this doesn't come from the Trump administration trackingly. Uh, no, and I've, seen, it, I've seen a lot of people try to spin it that way too, and it's just that's not factually well, correct. Yeah, I, well, I think people are just so ready to to jump on everything that they hear leak, and they're like, "Ah, oh, the Trump administration." I mean, it is a sieve. Like, haven't we figured it's, out four months in? You don't ha- like he'll give you something. Like, don't sit there like your fucking dog who hasn't eaten for a week. All right, and I'm cutting right. up, you know, lunch meat on the counter. He's gonna give you. You're gonna get apparently, something. You don't have to apparently wait. Apparently, our our appetite for this is endless. But so the 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 leak though. Uh, of the the photos primarily was the big thing the photos of the site of the bombing were shared intelligence with the manchester police and uh you know i honestly i don't know what uh portion of the u.s government would be in charge of of handling that information but it they obviously passed it on to the new york times who then published it, along with the person that they had in custody. Or I don't even know if they had him in custody at the time. That was part of the problem. I believe they, they may have, New York Times may have published the name of the suspect in the bombing. Or, um, not him in custody, I'm sorry. I I yeah, he, he dayed. Not, not him, uh, his, his brother and father who they are looking for. They got arrested they today, be, didn't they? Before they had them in custody. Ah. Yeah, so they, they are in custody, So, they, but they released the name of the bomber before they had the other suspects around him in custody that they wanted. Yeah, no, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is their policy, but counterterrorism detectives basically, wait, they, they put a delay of 36 hours before they informed the public who is being investigated right. and what, so, so what associates of the suspect are looking for. And they do that so no one gets tipped off. Right. Right. Because I think it's kind of human nature to, if you think somebody's coming after you, you're going to go into hiding. But if nothing goes down for a day and a half, you're probably like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go to the store and get some ding-dongs or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going stir-crazy. You're going to poke your head up. But if you hear continual news of manhunt for so-and-so, you'll be like, fuck, I ain't going outside. Ever again. I'm well, done going outside now. <clears throat> There's also a, a younger generation which, which, that, might not, just, uh, that might not I realize... Just, oh, I'm sorry, I just ahead. wanted to clarify real quick before you go on, though. That isn't to say that the people that, the, that they took into custody are necessarily suspects. Um, they are related to and wanted for questioning, but... Uh, I don't think that they have anything on his brother or father that uh, that shows that they were involved in it. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, I'm sure they'd definitely want to ask the guy some questions. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Person like, related to... What's it like raising a monster? Yeah. Well, I think something that seems to have been lost in the media, at least the media I've seen over here, <clears throat> is... This is a country who's used to dealing with terrorist attacks more on their own soil, more so than we are. Yeah, just dealing go with back, terrorist go attacks back to and the conflict. IRA. I mean, go back to the IRA. Well, yeah, uh, when you Google Manchester bombing, uh, until today, the first thing that came up was, was second to come up today, uh, 1996, the IRA. That's what I'm saying, I, and I think that's getting lost. That if they have a way of handling things, and let's be honest. I'm sure there's still issues with the IRA over there, but they ain't blowing shit up like they used to. 
After mm-hmm. that's the one thing I will say. After nine eleven, when W got up there and said, "Us and our allies, any terrorist who attacks them, you might as well attack us." IRA, yeah, I, I, yeah, IRA was like, you know what? Uh, we're going, we're going to try a different method we're from go, here on out. We're going back to making signs. <clears throat> we're going to talk to Bono. But yeah, so I mean, that's been what sixteen years. But I mean, this is a country who trial by fire learn to deal with these type of attacks so if they have a way of going about doing it maybe we should take a hint from them i understand the press over here is going to scream freedom of press no one is saying you can't report what you want to report and no one is saying it's but in government isn't stepping in saying you can't do it but it's common practice in journalism for people to be asked favors hey sit on this story for a day or two or two or or just they're the the uh the law enforcement's just going to play everything closer to the vest. Like, hey, you're, you, you are now on a need-to-know basis, press. Oh, well, that's what They're not that's... getting any information. Yeah, yeah, they've been cut off in this process. That, and yeah, I've seen a lot of hyperbole about this, us. too. What? I'm sorry, what's that? I was going to say, not only the press, but us, the U.S., we've been cut off just as well. They just stopped talking to us about what was the, the attack. You'll know what oh, we yeah, tell no, the that's what I mean. press. Yeah, it's... It, I mean, the press got their their information from somebody in the U.S. government. It's a oh. it's our government that's We're not being sh- that oh not boy. having the information shared with now. But this is just about this case, although it does it doesn't look good when it paints this bigger picture of the the U.S. can't be trusted right now with information, and that is the perception. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's Israel. I don't and, I don't disagree with that statement. Right, just uh, all of us in general lately. I don't know. We all need to be put on double secret probation with information. <laughs> yeah, none of us can be trusted with information. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> well, now <laughs> something else I thought was interesting is uh, okay. So this attack happens, and it was amazing watching the the news report on it because you could definitely tell what news agency you were reading based on how quick they called it uh, It was Fox an extremist said. Muslim terrorist attack. Oh, I'm sure right. Fox was calling it right out of the gate. Well, well I mean, okay, guys, it, at this point, anywhere in on, on Western soil, if there's an attack like this, bullshit aside, drop all the fucking, drop all the, we have to sugarcoat shit. What the fuck do we all think? I know, it, exactly. It's... But no, all the alerts I was getting the other day when it was happening are, um, you know, uh, especially from CNN, uh, you know, is uh, we're not they're not calling it a terrorist attack just yet. But I love, too, that uh, the British officials were coming out and saying, like, we're considering this a terrorist attack until we prove otherwise, which that's once another, again, that's another difference between them and us. Once again, the, the people who've been dealing with terrorist attacks on their own soil far far longer than we have and and also if, had two and, world 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 wars right in their fucking backyard yeah yeah, yeah. so literally, i mean literally some of this i think just <clears throat> i think probably what honestly happened is that somebody in the in the law enforcement community shared some shit with some people in the u.s law enforcement community and we just have i don't even know if it would be malicious really because we just have such a, a different way of looking at things and we have almost like a cowboy mentality still when it comes to law law enforcement especially for shit like this 
I would I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past just pure fuckery that some somebody said something in front of a reporter and a reporter ran with it. Well, too, it can also get. I mean, not like that. It's no cloak and dagger shit, is what I'm getting the, at. The attitude of our media is: we have a right to know. Eh, if you know, if you read the Second Amendment, it's kind of like you got to you got mm. we have a right to know what we tell you. You know, uh, when this happened, uh, I follow on the media on Twitter, which is one of my absolute favorite radio shows, and they have. Uh, they have what they call the Breaking News Consumer's Handbook. And it's uh, they posted it as a little thing oh. that you can print out and put up on your fridge. Rich, we might need this for another podcast. As a, as a little reminder, when shit like this goes down and you're hearing all of these reports in real time. And I just wanted to run down them real quick because it's very interesting. Hold on, let me get a teletype sound effect. Talk about in the immediate, uh, number one, in the immediate aftermath, news outlets will get it wrong. Two, don't trust anonymous sources. Three, don't trust stories that cite other news outlets as the sources of information. Four, there's almost never a second shooter. Five, pay attention to the language that the media use. We are getting reports. We are seeking confirmation. Uh, so-and-so has learned. <laughs> Look for... Look for news outlets close to the incident. Compare multiple sources. Bring new, uh, news. Big news brings out fakers and photoshoppers. And beware reflexive retweeting. Some of this is on you. You are fake news. All right. So while it's happening, I, that, I, I like, I mean, obviously the last one is something that we can all do something about. All of us are on some form of social media or another. And just being shocked by a story doesn't necessarily mean it's worthy of you sharing that as if you believe, because that's what you're doing. Like, when you share a story, you're essentially saying, I believe every word in the story, because that's how anybody that reads it is going to read it. Yeah. It's, I definitely, when I make sure, I sh when I share something, I make sure it is definitely not from right. Breitbart. Now, Breitbart. Uh, you, you know, Newsmax, yeah. you know, Occupy Democrats, you know, none of those. We we share amongst the three of us, we share a lot of news stories on our, our private messenger. And a, a lot of those I use just to, hey, this is happening. This is something that maybe we should talk about. Not necessarily, I read everything in this story and it is gospel. But if I'm going to post it up on Twitter... You're goddamn right. I'm going to yeah, read no, right. that whole story first and go through it because people are going to call you on your shit. And plus, why are you sharing that if you if if you don't? It's so. I think there's a lot of sharing that goes on just to be part of the conversation. As in, like, oh shit, you know, uh, New York Times just reported this, and um, you share it with everybody yeah, like, immediately. When I post something, I try to imagine how I would react to it, like. Would I start sh poking holes in this like immediately, like I you know, I do yeah. a little introspective thing? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel, and I think I, I've just ha I've had to learn recently that a lot fewer people than I gave credit for actually bother to even yeah. do a cursory fact check. It's disheartening, isn't <clears throat> on it? On any story that they post, it's like friends you've and, had for years. You're like, oh, I thought you were smart. Well, it's like it, I, and and when you when people don't do that. 
Think back to like the morning of 9-11. I remember the first three hours after oh the second God. plane hit the tower. This shit would have been around during 9-11? I remember like just reports on the news of up to 50,000 people, you know, 50,000 casualties. I mean, like they were saying numbers that was just astronomical. And, you know, people were flipping the fuck out. And yeah, just like you said, Chris, we, I mean, we had the internet. In fact, I remember one of the things they said is, please restrict your internet use uh, to only if you have to use it right after 9-11 because apparently shit was getting bogged down, people hopping on the internet and stuff. And before uh, 9-11, it was email, right? Were we all getting the email pictures of the, what was it, the guys uh, taking the picture or whatever with the plane behind them? It was all oh, yeah, passed around an email. Yeah. Well, the, you know, speaking of social media in the age of terrorist attacks, I don't know if you guys are aware of who David Levitt is, but I, probably not. I had no idea who he was. I wasn't even following him on Twitter. Some Jew. I I saw uh, a lot of other people freaking out about his tweets. That right when this news is breaking of these deaths of mind you, like young kids, mostly girls. And their parents waiting to pick him up, and he chooses to tweet <laughs> oh, uh, two, Why two I, things. Oh, I think I know what you're gonna say. Just go ahead. It was uh, something was like uh, you know tragedy at, uh, at uh, Ariana Grande Grande concert. Um, oh fuck! What was the first stupid joke? Oh yeah. I, oh, somebody died at an Ariana Grande concert. I went to an Ariana Grande concert and I almost died. And the other one was dude, this guy gets his. He's a super hipster dude. He wins, dude. I have a deep- the, the other one was a joke that he had posted many times before. That was I always thought Ariana Grande was a size of coffee at Starbucks. Another like really unfunny joke, but to roll those out. At this time, when this is going down, was just too much, and he got bombarded. Dude, it's bad timing. Yeah, you know, bad. Give it a week. I I mean, or at least come up with some good ones, man. Jesus, I mean, those are that's not even like fucking the level of internet meme attempt. You know, I've seen some that like blow those out the water. That would make the the people that flipped out on him saw they probably have a stroke. Trust me, I have comedy a is tragedy fu- plus time. There's 9/11 jokes now. It's- I'm fucked up to admit that I thought of some funny ass shit. <laughs> like the poor guy near, had to sit through the concert fu- before he did what, it. I, I thought of some funny shit when uh, right after 9/11 that I was like, oh, oh, "I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try and remember that in 10 years." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, 9/11 was the thing. I was keeping this shit to myself. Yeah, I was keeping this shit to myself. What? Uh, the uh, when Doctor Dow was happening a couple months ago, uh, what was it, a meme was shared in our group of what? Uh, I mean, it's so horrible too, but it made me. It's, I laughed at it. Is what is it? United uh, removing two hundred and thirty passengers or something like? It was one of the planes about to go on. Like oh, you're talking about the uh, the Walking Dead one with the the uh, Negan with the baseball no, bat I'm walking talking up about, and down the aisle. There was one that was a picture of a. One of the planes about to hit one of the towers, and it said "United oh, forcibly removing okay. 230 passengers." Jesus, 
Oh, I didn't get that. that is, oh, oh, my God. See, we're laughing. It's bad. Comedy is tragedy plus time. That's the thing. There's 9-11 jokes yeah. now. In a week, uh, this guy probably wouldn't be as Well, he's already lost work before. before of course. I mean, of course he lost a job. There were, there were writers that were outright saying, like, hey, if you see this guy on a byline, don't support him or whatever uh you know website or paper that he might be published in and yeah i think it was the next day that cbs posted that he no longer works for us so that's at least one job that he lost because of it but he was also you work for cbs you're an idiot he said sorry for offending this is four hours after his original tweet and everyone going nuts and he says sorry for offending i didn't realize the magnitude of the tragedy I always make stupid jokes about whatever is trending. Condolences to the families. Well, you you've posted in your first joke about how there were deaths at an Ariana Grande concert. So you're already making a joke based on somebody dying at a concert that's attended mostly by kids. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it falls it's, a little flat. It, well, too, it's just it's dead. It's dead, there's dead bodies associated with it. There's it's it's children. It's too soon, man. This, this guy I, gets the too soon award. I'm just, I'm just of the opinion. Look, all you have to do is log on to any social media since since this incident and take a look around at what's being posted. There are plenty of people who get offended by jokes. Definitely in the too soon too category. I'm with you on that, Chris. But then there's plenty of people who laugh at it for whatever reason. I'm not necessarily sure that those people are laughing at the tragedy. It's just that's their way of dealing with shit. I mean, if you've ever known... I, oh, dude, I'm the, I am that guy. That's how I deal. Like, I'm the guy that will make a joke in a totally inappropriate time because that is my coping mechanism. Yes, my entire... When my dad died, there was a certain part of my family who they're into the whole stereotypical weeping and wailing and crying. And so they were over there commiserating with each other. And the rest of us were over there cracking jokes and telling stories, and that's the way. We, it's just, it's just how it's different ways people deal with it. Yeah. yeah. But I understand well, you're dealing with a situation at one. You're not gonna. Most people aren't gonna be willing to bend on. I mean, these are kids getting killed. Yeah. Right. Well, I also, mean, I mean, I don't. I'm not defending him, but I'm not also saying that he's some sort of monster. Like, I get black humor. I love black humor. It's. That's not what this is about, though. This is really poor choice of time. Yeah. To, 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 still, I mean, to take an old joke that's not for funny people. Still and go, for oh, wait a minute. Ariana Grande is trending. Here's how I can get some followers. I'll, I'll throw out my Ariana Grande jokes again. Well, then you're just that dumb, and you deserve to lose every job that you do lose. What Dumbass. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you want to tell jokes that soon after something like this happens, go to an open mic night, stand up in front of a crowd with a mic and a mic stand in front of you, and that's it. Work, work on your ducky. Do some squats before that open mic night. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you, because if you want, if you want to hide behind the 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 cloak of, I'm, I was just joking. You better be a comedian. And even then, yeah, like Chris says, those guys sometimes, they go down in flames. The, the, the infamous uh, Hugh Hefner roast, 
Gilbert Godfrey told a joke that bombed about 9-11. And, I mean, it was a big stink. I think you did like, He was... He, <laughs> it was unintentional, honestly. I'd have tried to have been a little bit more witty than that. But, I mean, like, he was... He didn't say he crashed and burned. Yeah, yeah. Well, But, yeah, he was he was blacklisted from a lot of talk shows on the you know the mainstream television it was howard stern who brought him in and gave him his chance to speak and he was like it was like a year and a half later what the fuck yeah. you know i wonder he's how like, broken up about that he was though he's like i don't have to leave my house for how long i'm sorry i don't have to leave my house for how long <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also it's gilbert godfrey the voice of jared kushner yeah. <laughs> that bit slays me on uh, on John Oliver's show. Yeah. Oh, but motherfucker. All right, coffee spill. Nope. Ah. See, in the new day and None age, none of the it's equipment just, was hit. See, in the new day and age, it's just messing up one person's equipment instead of everybody's. Right. <laughs> well, a- you know. It, it's funny, like the U.S. can't even get together, come together uh, during acts of uh, tragedy like this. I don't even. I I it, I've generally sworn off comment sections. It seems like just it's it's gotten so retarded since Trump right. got elected. Like it's just it's it's no fun anymore. It's it's sad. It's like wow, well, look at us. For as an example, here's Ricky Gervais's tweet. Um, a couple days after the incident that got a lot of pushback. Imprisoned by their barbaric primitive beliefs, they hate their lives and envy our freedom and joy. Fuck them. Carry on. Have fun. They lose. Which is uh, yeah, kind of a more eloquent way of what Trump was saying, that these guys are losers. Isn't that what losers are? Especially in Trump's mind, losers are the guys on the outside. They wish they could be in here playing the cool game like I am, being the, the big business guy. But they're not. They're losers. They're not me. They're losers. Yeah, whoever comes in seconds, the first loser. Right. But this is an excuse for people to say, oh, you know, uh, that, um, well, for, I'll just read some of these. <laughs> Actually, if only the girls could carry on, Ricky. Tell that to the victims' families. Well, here, here we. Uh, you need some help for those crosses, everybody. Right, and and then the response in the U.S. is, oh, you know, this, it's it's attitudes like this. So I, uh, you know, European countries are going to continue to uh, be decimated by terrorist attacks because they don't they they don't take it seriously enough. They don't take it as an excuse to round up Muslims. I'm going to have some ocular trauma coming up soon. Because my eye... I've just been rolling my eyes so much lately in the last few months. I'm going to... Special glasses. Do you think we'll ever see in our lifetime... It's expensive. Do you ever think we'll see in our lifetime our society progress enough to be honest with itself and just go, look, most Muslims aren't blowing themselves up. Okay? The lion's share. But there are some crazy fucking Muslims who, in the name of their fucking God, blow themselves up. We've learned to deal with it here in America with crazy Christians, except for they tend to do some Ruby Ridge Waco shit. Okay? 
it's just if we're going to have religion, folks, we're going to have to deal with the fact that you got some crazies on your team somewhere. All right, just fucking get over and it. You got to ferret them out and tell them to knock that shit off. I mean, we can't. I, look, I understand people go, well, we should change our behavior that elicits this response from people. To a certain extent, I understand that. Sticking your nose in places around the world that you're not welcome doesn't exactly breed just love and affection for you. It breeds hate and discontent. And they're already pissed off at us. I got that. I understand that. That's something we can do. But I'm not going to sit there and have I don't want to have an encounter session between you know, our four-star generals and the leaders of fucking ISIS. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that, that shit's unrealistic. That shit is fantasy. That is, I, that is a couple generations now raised on fucking talk therapy that think that they can just sit down and work things out. It's not that way. I mean, it's just people right. are going to find a reason to commit murder. These people are just religious zealots. If it wasn't religion, they'd have found something else. I, we have to just accept this and start dealing with that fact. Instead of going, mm-hmm. we're going to crush terrorism. No, we're not. We're never going to crush terrorism. How do you terrorism. politically well, tell Muslims to check your boy? Like, can, can well, you here's do the that? deal. Like, every, time a Christian, every time a Christian goes on a kill crazy rampage, the first thing you hear from the people on the left is, I don't see, where are all the pastors and preachers condemning this person? Okay, well, if that's your standard, then I'm all for that. But that means... When your protected religion on the uh, 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 and and what you think is the friend of the left is Islam does some stupid shit. I want to hear all these imams and all these fucking Islamic leaders condemning it as well. Well, that ain't gonna happen, guys. Yeah, right. It's like it's like it's like it took it took decades of accusations and digging and back back you know back office dealings with the Catholic Church. For them to apologize for fucking little children, I mean, they're not going to. People aren't going to turn on their own religion. They're just going to stand silent. You just have to accept that. Who cares mm-hmm. if they condemn it? It's not going to stop it. Why don't we worry about what they say behind closed doors to each other instead of what they say into a camera when a fucking or a microphone when a camera's in their face? It doesn't matter. So, right. uh, but so, I, I. So the the big debate in the U.S. is what? What to, the question is what? What do we do about terrorism? Which is a fair question, mind you. But I don't know if we're ever going to find common ground on that issue. But no. It, we're, the reason that we're, I think that we're fo- so focused on that question is because we've completely skipped over the one that we have no answers to, which is why. That's the primary question that everybody should be asking themselves. Why? Not why God, why me, or why anyone, but why would somebody do this? And my favorite reaction to this was a man on the street interview that was captured by the BBC and they talked to a, a, a gentleman who said that the, the why is pretty obvious here. The why is international policy. He's like, if you look at the core reason why any act of terrorism has happened around the world, it is all down to international policy. And he didn't get specific about you know, any occupation of the Middle East or something like that, just flat out. International policy, kind of saying, and I'll I'll put it in my own words, we shit on this part of the world. The whole rest of the world collectively shits on this one part of the world and treats it like like complete trash, 
Like, it's just there for us to pump oil out of. And then we're constantly surprised when they're mad at us. And there's no talk about how to solve that. How to solve the way that we handle the Middle East. Sure, we make our friends there. We have our buddies in the Middle East. But it's only so that they can hopefully control the rest of the people there so we can continue to get our oil. But yeah, but those, those have that's been That's all anybody gives a shit about in the rest of the world. That those isn't hot, Muslim. Those have been hot spots for thousands of years long before the u.s was even a fucking thought in somebody's head yeah, so why well, yeah. we just came we we came and exasperated the situation we showed up with some gasoline hey guys and we're like yeah we're gonna pour nice this fire got going here pour this on this gas fire we're gonna pour this gas on this fire and see if it fucking puts it out and i, I why really what is there to do it's a bunch of stuff that people are unwilling to do We'd have, to po- walk, we'd have to walk away from Israel. That's, that's a given. That would, that would stop a lot of this. Just let Israel sink or swim on its own. That's never happening, guys. That's not. I, I just Can you ever see the U.S. totally abandoning, abandoning Israel? Didn't we all make it? No. no I, I'm not saying that there's one answer to this question and that if we get our international policy straight that it's going to solve all these problems. No, that's the thing. Yeah, but, there is no one answer. But I mean, we can't even start down the road because that is completely off the table in the discussion. But d- didn't we help make Israel? Well, yeah. yeah, after World War II, the United Nations. And there you go. Yeah. So we ain't leaving our investment ever. We protect our investment. No, no it, not even looking at it as investment. They're an ally, and they should be. Investment is a broad but, term in this situation. Emotional investment, financial investment, infrastructure. And there's there's plenty of there's plenty of Christians in the United States who need Israel in their minds to have exactly what's going on in Israel and the in the Gaza Strip to go on. Because it it's in their little book of revelation. So But I but it's I don't think that it's a question that you can just gloss over and go, Well, there's no answer to that one. So let's just move on to how do we deal with this when it does happen. And I mean, that, that's no, I'm just saying it's. It, I'm just saying it's. It's pretty hard to to have an honest discussion when such a large bargaining chip is is automatically taken off the table by one side. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at with the whole. I mean, we can't even lessen or further or distance ourselves from Israel. We have to pitch. We have to put ourselves just. I mean, lock in arms and lockstep with them. Well, I mean, Trump thinks it, seems to think that solving the uh, peace in the Middle East problem is going to be a breeze. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't think it's uh, as well, complicated well, as everyone thinks. What happened to Sadat? Didn't he say the same thing? Do we and they had a little what? parade for him. Put an end to that one. Yeah. Do you realize Trump had pretty much said about the Middle East process? Hey, what the problem is? That's pretty much <laughs> the point of what his statement about it. <laughs> hey, can't we all just like drink a forty and smoke a blunt? <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. This is Northern Africa, actually the Middle East. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. That's basically the uh, point. Let's have some Manischewitz. That was the point of his statement. Like, I don't know. I didn't know. It was going to be easy. People saying it's hard. Like, what, what, right. What, yeah, and sure, he, start, he starts his negotiations with, so what's all the hubbub, bub? We've effectively elected, and he was, I guess, if you count the, sele- the, the apprentice, a game show host as our president. Right. Right. Well, we also know that he is so, he thinks it's going to be so easy because he goes into these situations without any prior knowledge. He just knows that he's a good negotiator and he's going to listen to both sides 
and figure it out on the spot. See Jack that's Trebek the way, That's how he does it. All right. See Jack Trebek 2020. Trebek smart. Pat say Jack can talk to everybody. <laughs> and Trebek does have that air of like superiority about him that would fit he's into Canadian. the spectrum. Yeah, but he's got kind of like I'm better than you kind of but swagger you can't to run. No, I like Canadians. I'm saying you can't run. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'm <laughs> not saying, like, wait, he's wait, wait, Canadian. He shouldn't be. He's a Trump horrible person. Trump hasn't signed an executive order so saying that, you know, foreigners can run now for president. Hey, in the age of the viral video, are there no Jeopardy outtakes of him being an asshole? Like, come on. Oh, Alec Trebek? This, this has got to be a mistake oh, yeah, build there up is. around him. There is. The, the thing is, I think the longer he does that show, the less that they... The less those are outtakes and the more that's just part of him dealing with people. I'm talking like... But, I've, seen him, I've would, seen him talk down to some people pretty I'm, bad. I'm talking like Casey Kasem type outtakes. Like, you know, I'm not going into a goddamn dead dog story. That kind of shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't lose his shit that bad. But, uh, I don't know. He gets, a, he gets a little salty. Like, cut the man some slack. How many shows has he done for decades now? I know, right? He's been out since I've been a child. So I'm... 30 plus years, right? If he didn't freak out every once in a while and think he wasn't human. All right. Sorry. Sidetracked it into Alex Trebek. But, oh, we talked for an hour about some pretty bummer well, shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of other news going on. I mean, we can just... Some of the, the stuff that's breaking right before we started recording, the person of interest that we've been hearing about for the last week that is the, another member of the administration that's being investigated for connections to Russia is, drumroll please, oh. Jared Kushner. Which means that he has now exactly one interesting thing about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that he's being investigated. So we're fully we're fully going with agreeing with John Oliver. This yes. is the most boring man in the world. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, John. I I was a little late catching up to John Oliver's show. Uh, I actually just watched it uh, Sundays earlier today, and he was saying that it couldn't be Jared Kushner because there's absolutely nothing interesting about this man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, him and Mar taking the week off. Look at how much shit they're they're. You can't you can't take a week off anymore. It'll all be there. The power. Yeah, it'll all be there when he gets back. <laughs> well, he was it was also kind of a bummer episode because he said pretty plainly that he expects Trump to survive this because why hasn't he? Why he has, Why wouldn't he? He survived everything else, and that even if he doesn't, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> and and also that even if he is removed, we have no good candidates to replace him. Yeah, yeah, because the the line is terrifying. I was talking to Mandy about that before we started the show. It goes Pence, Ryan, and for the love of God, Orrin Hatch. Yeah. Like that, that those are some evil losers right there, buddy. Well, yeah, I mean, look, a lineup suck. If the l next four years are going to be that that shitty anyway, I at least trust those three to do a better job of keeping us out of wars. I'm not saying that they wouldn't get us into a war, but I think it's inevitable. 
Oh, Pence Ryan Hatch, the world's I mean, worst law firm. Do Do you feel this way as well that it's only a matter of time that there's a major conflict with another country because Trump has to have it, he has to have something that defines his presidency other than this the skid mark this fucking stain that he's left in the oval office i don't i think i think isis helped him out this week personally i think ISIS, you think he can skate by with some tough talk on it on terrorists i think these two incidents the one in the philippines and then the one in england uh did a lot of damage control that he doesn't need to do now because it got people to it got got us hey look over here is that's pretty much what happens with us that's how we go now well yeah but you know who's not looking over there right now robert mueller so don't worry about it the people who need to pay attention are still on the case as if i'm reading you right you're saying that basically this isn't a wag the dog type situation this is a situation you just think under this administration his attitude will simply get us in a position where yeah, it's it's, ad- it's, well, it's it's a Bay of Pig standoff, and then he it, we just he just does the anti-Kennedy and says fuck it, full yeah, speed ahead. Good God, this is not Kennedy. This is right. not fucking John Kennedy. It's his it's his fly by the seat of his pants attitude, his tough guy stance, and yeah, well, well you're right. It's I'm not just I'm not trying to describe this as a wag the dog situation. We're not. I'm not thinking about this in terms of a ma- of a straight manufactured conflict in order to completely redirect uh, the 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 current off the rails direction that his administration is going in i'm saying that in order to be a salve to his own ego and hope that there was something that would reflect well on him in the history of presidents that a war would be the thing that would that would help define that yeah i could see him that would that would would be something separate than scandal although a war would be sure to to be steeped in scandal as well i could see him thinking before he was elected and since he's been elected just having i could see him just having this thought and belief that to be a real president means you need to be a president during wartime. I can see him being that type of guy that thinks that. Why you got to say shit that makes sense? Never thought of that. There's a lot of guys <laughs> that joined the military. There's okay, and in, in okay, post Vietnam, except for that the 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 first Gulf War incident, and and you know after that till 9/11, there was a lot of guys that joined the military who were counting on never seeing combat. And there were people who joined the military who felt like they would never be a true soldier, marine, whatever, until they saw combat. That's not that like remote of a mindset for people to have. And yeah. I think I think Trump thinks he's going to go down in history. Hey, black guys in charge. We're just going to cruise through the next few years. And for him to and for him to fulfill his destiny, I guess, or he might feel he's fated to, to the presidency, and here he is in here. That there has to be a war because that's what an all the the all time ultimate president would be would do. I'm just hoping he but thinks oversee it's too much a war work. and a victory. Yeah, he somebody understand. needs their ass kicked in the world. He misses his he own life. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand work. He doesn't understand work because he's so used to delegating everything out to everybody else because that's all the fuck he's ever done besides cashing on his last name. Let's go back to your old life, man. You said you miss but, it. 
The problem is in the military. Does that work for him? He uh, didn't even have to put his dessert fork down to drop a Moab. I know, right? But what I'm saying is, it's when you're president, you can't just go, okay, you handle this part of the government, and that's and then be hands off. Because ultimately, when they fuck up, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is what is happening. Shit's going to roll uphill to him, and they're going to go, what the fuck, man? You appointed this person. They went over here and created, and, and, and they haven't even been in there for a year, and it's already a clusterfuck. What are you doing? Isn't that part of being a great leader? Is be able to delegate authority. He's not even good at that. I mean, so what does he think is it war to him? That until he gets into it, he's not going to realize. Holy shit, this is going to take up huge chunks of my fucking day. This isn't right. something I get briefed on. Th- that was was that John Oliver that they said that when they brief him. He likes drawings, charts, graphs, yes. and they, they have to mention his if, own name. Yeah. Well, that was from a, yeah, that was from a, that was a leak. That, uh, oh God, we're losing you, on. Trump, 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 Trump. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't yeah. stop think about this shit. He just thinks in the boy, this is gonna look good in the history books. He's a, I this I, I what other way can he be, guys? I mean, hey, here's here's some more breaking news. Uh, part of the items found at the scene of the Manchester bombing was uh, oh, never mind. I misread that. <laughs> I thought it said a BlackBerry. I was like, can we stop making Blackberries? They still make those. <laughs> uh, only people who use them are terrorists, politicians, and agents. <laughs> Nobody likes any of those. <laughs> Even the lawyers have moved on to iPhones. This is no longer breaking news. I was, I was misreading breaking news. Oh, so still breaking news? Oh, there's some items that were found there. So who, there, who would you who would you think he would be most likely to just pick this pick this beef with? I mean, because we have a whole uh, playground. Who else? To pick from. I mean, North Korea. You think he wants to go North? I mean, that's like that's like going from little league to that to to professional baseball. I mean, I, just to be honest, he has <laughs> right. We haven't we haven't had I mean Afghanistan and Iraq is a lot different than taking on a country like North Korea because we're we're taking on one terrorist and two an idea. Yeah. We're trying, hey, right, it's, Rich. It's like I think our world. president's a reasonable man. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's a huge bite. It seems like he would he would fuck with someone else and then North Korea would get involved. And he wouldn't he would make the assumption they wouldn't because we're America and they're scared but, of us. If he was a smarter man, he would pick somebody that he knew he could beat, that he could wrap up in under a year, and wave a banner of mission success. Syria. But he is not. He is an irrational man. And if what he wants is war, he's probably going to take the closest opportunity. Man, do I got to start grabbing, like, Scarface now? Hey, you want to go to war? Is this where we're going, everybody? I, a whole lot of chicken hawks would love it, man. A whole lot of armchair generals. I, I'm just saying that uh, if your argument against moving forward, trying to impeach Trump, is that we're not going to get anything better anyway, that I think that there there are people who will get us into at least traditional wars that are not ego driven, which I also don't support, but I think would be easier to control. Not get out of hand so easily. I'm not sure there's anybody in that bunch that doesn't look at war as a way to police the world. That's the sad part. 
Well, uh, that's war should be war should I think be like the, the absolute. The sadder part resort. to me is that I find that to be an improvement. I would no, rather I have you. a leader that saw war as a way to police the world than to soothe his own ego. Because at least if it was to police the world, you would hope that there's some tactical thought behind it, and there's a reason for it, and it's not right. just, hey, was he looking at me? Did he call me a bitch? You heard him. <laughs> You know, and, and North Korea is over there like, I don't want to be a punk, but I don't want to actually start a fight. So you got to make the first move. That's where it's that's where I do it. I, I do think he's dumb enough to to box in their government to where for them to save face, they're going to have to do something very stupid. I could see him doing that easily. If but then again, you know, he's gonna, you know, he's going to say we didn't strike first. I mean, it's it's the it's the old Bill Hicks bit. It's from Shane where he throws the she, the gun <laughs> to the, pick up the gun. Feet. Pick up the gun. I don't want to, Mister. I said pick up the gun. And the minute he picks it up, he shoots him. You all saw him. He had a gun. That's that's us. I mean, that that's Donald Trump right now. He's the bully on the playground, and it is a little terrifying, dude. I mean. <laughs> I guess I don't have his dower of an outlook, and I don't sit around dwelling on shit like that. But now that I think about it, he is that type of asshole. Yeah. Sleep tight, everybody. Happy <laughs> <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> well, well, here's some, some breaking news that you might consider good news, then. If you're looking to control Trump better or get him out of office. Because, you know... Tell actually, his daughter he, not to he, give him none. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know... It might actually be that our best case scenario is to have Trump serve out his four years, but be so hamstrung by controversy that he can't get anything done, including getting us into a war. Because ultimately, he may be irrational about it, but he still has other people that have to pull the trigger that are going to be like, you have no support for this action. You will not have Republican support if you just willy-nilly bomb North Korea. So, uh, but if, you, if you're looking to tighten the noose on this whole Russian investigation that gets closer to Trump and his administration, the news out now is from, well, there's a Wall Street Journal um, story about somebody that we might be hearing a lot more about uh, from, uh, Aaron Nevins who is a political operative, and he is... The claim is that he's the one that passed on the information from Guccifer 2.0 to Roger Stone, who was working on Donald Trump's campaign at the time. In uh, This was during the election in 2016. Specifically, information on Florida voters, one of the the big states that they were trying to secure. And so this was, uh, you know, if you don't remember, Guccifer 2.0 is the, the moniker of the... Robot? The, the hacker that all intelligence is pointing to not just somebody in Russia, but somebody operating under the direct orders from the Kremlin to hack the Democratic Party. Well, actually, I think we, we found out afterwards that both Democrats and Republicans were hacked. Only stuff on the Democrats was released. So this is like the guy? This is, well, this is one of the guys. There could have been more. This just, this seems to revolve mostly around the Florida election. 2000? 
bring old shit up again? No, no, last year. No. <laughs> Plain. That uh, Nevins confirms to the journal that he told hacker Goosefer 2.0 to feel free to send any Florida-based information. And they, what did they receive? Uh, it says on here. Yeah, it says somewhere in here, but it's like uh, information on likely voters and what districts they live in and, and how they're likely to vote. So it basically allowed the, uh, allowed Trump's administration to pinpoint certain areas where they thought certain, uh, where they thought the race was going to be really tight. Well, yeah, you got to admire the skill in that. I was, yeah, because I'm thinking. Wait, whose skill? That's how is am how I is, admiring? Isn't that part out of how to hack people? Well, no. Wait, this wait, is this is this is straight up hacking. This is taking information from the. Uh, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee on people who are registered as voting Democrat and where they lived. Taking that information and then handing it over to the Republicans. Okay, but hold on a sec. Can't they just... That's all public information, isn't it? Yeah, how's that? How's having your address? If you're you're registered to vote and you're registered to a party, that's... People can find that out. Yeah, but who registers to a party? Yeah. A lot of old people. Believe it or not, I, I know a lot of people yeah. check a box. I know a lot of older people that do. I, yeah, and a few of my friends are registered. I mean, right down the, right down the line, Republican. They don't. That vote is any public other. information if the voter chooses to make it public. What I'm getting at is, it just sounds like basically looking that they could have pretty much gotten the same information from looking at voting records, how the districts are, are broke up. They could have gotten the similar information that would. Well, yeah, they could have gotten similar information that would have given them an idea of where to campaign, but this was way more precise information that allowed them to pinpoint it. Well, that's cool. But that I was don't re- think that's that just... was. You're right. They could have probably. They could have done this without Russia. That's that's the scary part. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, even if even if. It, that's not a, that's not the smoking gun. That's not what fucking Russia did to help them. Uh, there's more to it than that. Is what I'm getting at. That that can't be like if that's what they're counting on as the headshot. They don't have much of one. Uh, uh, no, I don't think that's the case at all. Okay. Uh, this is this is the first publicly reported direct link. As much as we've heard about investigations into the Trump campaign's association with Russia. This is the first time that we've heard from somebody that said directly, yes, I received information from the Russians and passed it on to the Trump campaign. That is what, yeah, okay. I mean, I I think that's enough. Doesn't matter at that point. It but, doesn't matter what the information is. It's like, well, but, wait a minute. But I'm we also have, in the camp of uh, I don't even care what they used to take him down with. I don't even care if he was actually colluding with the Russians. I think I think Trump is is proven to be completely incompetent and dangerous at his job, and he needs to be removed regardless. You want to use Russia as an excuse? Fine, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, no, no, but we need out. a mulligan on this big Eric, time. 
Aaron all of a sudden turned into Malcolm X and shit. He's looking out the window with an AK-47 talking about by any means necessary. <laughs> no, right? Well, okay, yeah. No, I... <laughs> I certainly wasn't, what up, wasn't what up, what up, uh, promoting any sort of violence. No, I'm just saying, hey, neither, hey, until someone put hands on Malcolm X, Malcolm X never said go out and start beating the shit out of people. That was not his thing, but, no, I'm just saying, it's, 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 like, it's, wow, you feel strongly about that, sir. You meant that shit. You're like, hey, I don't, <laughs> we need to get him out of office, he's incompetent, he's a boob, and he's scary. And if it takes Russia, I don't give a fuck. He's dangerous, and he lets other other countries' leaders manipulate him. Aaron, you're basically like, if we could dig up the ghost of Yakov Shmirnov, and he can point the finger at him and get him out of office, <laughs> dig him up. <laughs> Dude, she ain't dead. Well, he's, he's in Branson. It's the same thing. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Come pay. on, man. Yeah, but you got to pay. You don't have to pay a ghost. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I really was, I was asked this question by someone a lot younger than me just recently. Is this the worst president you can remember? And I'm like, God, <sighs> except for honestly, except for Obama, and it was just a little reprieve. It, it, it's just been going downhill since Reagan, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carter was just, to, to me, Carter right. was just, he had, did not have the temperament to be president. He didn't have the, the killer instinct to be in politics he's a much better human being outside of politics than he ever was in politics true and i don't remember carter i was three years old when he left office but i remember reagan i remember daddy bush and i remember clinton was going to be this that clinton was the 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 hipster obama because there was a whole lot of hope for change back in 92 same shit same old same old w even need to talk about obama was too young to know what the fuck was going on really during uh most of uh, Clinton's run. You know, I look back on it now and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why did the 90s suck so much, though? Well, I mean, honestly, Obama Obama took... Obama's like prop Joe to string her bell in the wire. The 90s you know what kills more cops? You know what kills more cops than bullets and liquor? Boredom. Keep it bored. Keep it boring as fuck. And that's what Obama did. He just kept it boring and that's a reprieve from the clusterfuck of presidents we've had. You know why the 90s sucked, Darren? Because we live in Detroit, and the 90s was the death of manufacturing in the right. country. That's why it sucked. Yeah, because the, the a lot of the times when I lived out of Michigan during the 90s, which was quite a lot, it was a completely different attitude in different parts of the country. Phoenix was not as pessimistic. Florida, parts of Florida I lived in weren't like that. Upstate New York was, but it was a pretty poor area. So, but yeah, that's it was. There was a lot of bullshit to happen here in Detroit in the '90s. Like Chris said, the manufacturing was basically gasping its last breath. We watched the unions get broke with our papers. Remember the the union strike with the papers, like '95. I remember because I had to work security for that shit. I had to break up fucking union brawls and shit. Business papers. I mean, it, it, a lot of crazy shit going on, so. Yeah. Well, you know, to get back to our current crazy shit president, this this is going to take a while no matter what happens from here. And this is really going to be a, a contest of stamina for us as well as citizens. 
to understand that there's going to be a lot of other shit going down in the world. There's going to be a lot of other shit that Trump is going to try and pull on the U.S. that is going to require people's attention and that this investigation is going to go on. You know, the the Senate investigation is still continuing. So we have two investigations, but you know, um, they had uh, requested the Comey memos. You know, there were memos that Comey had made of his meetings with, with Trump. And the Senate Investigation Committee subpoenaed those and the FBI withheld them because the FBI is doing their own investigation, obviously. And that's where most of the shit is going down. The Senate Investigation Committee will probably continue for show so that it'll give people enough to like we already, on for now. Like we already know the answer. We're just going to do this for show. Well, to sh- to show the, the the American people that they're they're doing something about it, that they're not just sitting by and twiddling their thumbs, because it's going to be hard for a lot of people, I think, to accept that this investigation is going to take as long as it's going to take. And while while it looks like we're going to we might actually see some people serve some jail time for this, we don't know for sure. And we don't know how soon that's going to happen or if, if ultimately if any change is going to be made regardless. You know, it could just be that uh, you know, a few people leave the administration and a few people serve some bit jail time and Trump goes on fairly unscathed. But we we have to let it play out and understand that that uh, just because we don't get to hear about it in the press, I think that's probably a good thing. I think we can all trust at this point that the investigation will continue and that I think any more I believe I don't know, but I believe that any more attempts from the administration to directly uh, hamper the investigation, such as the firing of Comey, would would be next to impossible to happen, at least publicly at this point. I'm sure there's still attempts going on behind the scenes, but something as public as firing the FBI chief uh, you know, well, first of all, they don't have one. <laughs> I don't even know how long it's going to be until we actually see a new <laughs> some guy named uh, Josh. Hey guys, I'm in charge. Couple weeks. Old guy got fired. I got promoted from the mailroom. <laughs> yeah, it's like Big Head from Silicon from Silicon Valley. That you know what? Right. Honestly, that's the perfect. That's the perfect placeholder. For this administration, that would be honestly big head. Yeah, just sit there. <laughs> just sit no there. Character. Don't say nothing. <laughs> just sit there. We will get to you in a minute. We got a lot of other shit to get to. Just keep the chair warm and don't fuck up too bad. Yeah. Just show movies. Show movies to the press. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna show movies to the press, and you're not gonna show them like you know all the Make kings great man. Or... Oh my god. <laughs> big head. Big head and little hands. <laughs> I know, right? There you yeah. go. What worries me is that yeah, I'm. Uh, our time, our excuse me, 
Bleh. Okay, let me start over here. Our attention span isn't known for being very long these days. So there is that issue. But my worry is also by the time these reports are done, they're going to they're gonna be buried in doublespeak and lawyeries and all this shit. And we're, it's going to be like, well, okay, so no, what happens? A few low-level people go to jail, a couple yeah. hand slaps, and things move on. And we all know what this means, you know. The people who really who really did the dirt are sitting there going, "Okay, dodge that bullet." Or, in Trump's case, I am bulletproof. So, King Kong ain't got nothing right. on me. I, I, so if you're if you're hoping that this investigation will be a way that the country will come together because there will be a bunch of people whose scales will fall from their eyes and the truth will shine upon them and they will see the light. <laughs> don't don't fucking hold your breath. Yeah, we're and, not on the road to Damascus, people. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, the, the press wants to look at this race in Montana as, uh, as saying something about the uh, Trump administration and whether any of this shit is sticking to them and whether there's a chance of all this being uh, the result of a lot of this being an overall a hall of the House and Senate flipping over to the Democratic side. You got to play dirty but, now? But, I mean, but really, did but really, this is a, this, this reflection, uh, this uh, race in Montana, I think is a reflection on the American voter. Yes. And the fact that uh, there's plenty of people out there who still support Senator Body Slam, whatever his name is, Hulk Hogan. A, a guy who... Do we know where Jesse Ventura was when this happened? <laughs> okay, so basically, hold on a sec. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to have the next debate. You're going to have two politicians debating, and then just all of a sudden you're going to hear like theme music start and out of nowhere, RKO, and then just people yeah. just like a Royal Rumble. <laughs> And then we just stand up and spill our our hot dog on our and mustard on our on our wife beater and drop our eight dollar beer clapping. I mean, right. So, this, so how you, the fuck how the fuck do we have a pop person running for political office in this country who's body slamming reporters? <laughs> right. If, if anybody had missed this one, is not aware. This is Greg Gianforte. He's a Republican running for Senate in Montana. And the day before the election, <laughs> when a, a reporter who, by all accounts, we, very rudely accosted him with questions and stuck a microphone in his face, Greg's uh, response was to, uh, body slam is the term used, I think because he ended up on top of the reporter. But what I heard reported was, that he put both of his hands around the guy's neck and went to wring the reporter's neck or, or, or choked the guy out and then fell over on top of him. So, I mean, like, he didn't, he didn't, like, hit him with a folding chair and then jump up on the top rope. I just want to know if he was, like, before he grabbed the guy's neck, he was like, let's get ready to <laughs> suck it. <laughs> Did the DX thing in his face and just start choking him. Dude, this is... Grabbed a couple beers afterwards, <laughs> opened them. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know what I'm, I'm thinking of JD and Scrubs now when he's that's Montana that could have happened like, at this week's better slam, I'm gonna poke you. I'm gonna prod you. Oh yeah, you know. Just... <laughs> so you would you would think, and I would think this would have been true in the past that any person who couldn't keep their shit together enough to not strangle a reporter doesn't have the capacity to serve office of any type. But no, he's a Republican, and there's plenty of conservatives that are going to back his ass. And there was plenty, and certainly on social media, plenty of people saying, "Well, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of reporters that I'd like to strangle, and I think you should strangle more of them." And I'm for it. Like, yeah, this guy, no, oh, he's a hero. <laughs> he he got fed up. He got fed up with the lying press spreading their their fake news stories, and he finally did something about it. <laughs> No, he was at the fucking end of his rope because he didn't know how to answer questions that he knew that he would either have to dodge completely or tell outright lies to. So he lost his shit at the reporter and blamed the messenger and not look at his own actions or the administration that he has chosen to defend just by means of... just by the fact of being a Republican. Hey... We do have a president who was on WrestleMania. Yeah. He hit Vince McMahon with chair. Shake his head. Yeah. We live here. <laughs> you know you know who I blame all this on? I blame this on former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford. <laughs> right? It's his fault. He's dead. Like, it's easy. Like, like seriously, because, I mean, we, I mean right. he showed politicians that if you can talk about eating your wife's pussy... Smoking crack and openly cussing out a sports team that's not in your city and still keep your job, that they can act fools like this. I mean, because it's. So, Marion Barry's a trailblazer, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know what it is? It plays to his constituents. If he was, if he was in. New York somewhere and he'd have done this shit, his career would be over at the instant that happened. But these people don't care. Like you said, they're going to be like, yeah, he's a tough guy. He got tired of it. He smacked the guy around. So what? Guy deserved it. Hopping in his face, asking him questions. How dare you work for the press and ask questions? I mean, shit is just... It's turned into jocks versus nerds everywhere, hasn't it? Dude, we seriously live... You called it a couple years ago, guys. I don't know which one of you did or if both of you did. We live in an Onion article now. (laughs) That's what the world has, has reduced itself to. I know, right? Like... PCU's going to be a documentary soon. Oh, God, it already is, dude. I, wa- I-, I saw like half half hour of that movie the other day and was like, holy shit, that's not even a joke now. I know, right? Have you guys been following this uh, Seth Rich story? That this is, if you're unaware, Seth Rich is the, uh, the man who was murdered in D.C. He was working on Hillary's campaign. And the police have not found his murderer. DC is this the guy who showed up dead after the the whole uh, email thing with uh, the, the with the no. evidence of them colluding against Bernie in a sense. No, I mean wasn't that guy? He didn't show up dead after that happened. He was, I mean, def- chronologically, yeah, the whole shit of the the emails being released. Um. 
happened before he was murdered, but th- there's no evidence tying him to any of this activity as much as Sean Hannity wants to believe that it's true. And actually, Sean Hannity's one of the last few people willing to get on television and talk about this like it's fact. He's getting advertisers that, pulled. I've been getting little alerts yeah. about that the last couple of days. What for? What do he do? It's it's for this issue. He so he was talking to uh, some blogger or something that said that they had information about how Seth Rich was involved in leaking the emails and that he was killed by the Hillary campaign because of that and then that they covered it up. That's the conspiracy theory that she is crooked. nobody... We all know this from the election. Right. So, uh, it's in her name. So, <laughs> so Sean Hannity takes this uh, this blogger's story out to the public, and then Fox News is forced to retract the story and say, we have no credible source for this story. We have nothing to corroborate it. And the witness, or the 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 person that we have that claims it's true has no direct evidence that that they can bring forward but that's not stopping Sean Hannity he is not going to be silenced he is he is pushing this issue even though the parents of the the of Seth Rich and the brother of Seth Rich are publicly asking him to stop that you're dragging our son's name through the mud you're possibly muddying up an investigation to find what actually happened and it's gotta just fucking tear you apart to see your murdered son be used as a political tool and it's absolutely shameful it's disgustingly shameful what Sean Hannity and other people are doing in knowing knowing that they're wrong. I mean, I've got to give Sean Hannity at least this much credit. He's smart enough to keep his composure and get a nice TV job and have a radio show and all these people follow him. And, you know, he's accomplished something. That is for sure. If he's that smart, he's got to be smart enough to know that there's some shit going down between Russia and Trump and that this is a good way in his mind to redirect the story by feeding into this fake news story about the death of Seth, of Seth Rich. So I believe he is knowingly using the murder of, of, a, of a young man to further his own cause and to try and cover up for a president that he supports no matter what. Well, th- this is this is what Vince Foster twenty plus years down the, the line. I mean, didn't we already kind of go through this with the Clintons and a mysterious, you know, murder, suicide, whatever you want to call it? Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of people that you know just added Seth, Seth Rich's name to a whole list of like forty five people that the Clintons had killed. But that's the difference between today and twenty five years ago. Twenty five years ago, this was almost exclusively the territory of the tinfoil hat brigade now this is being reported on they got their own channel i say this loosely but legitimate news channels you have to say fox news because it's in the name of the channel but you know it's questionable 
Seems liberally the term news over there. Oh, I, I, and I agree, and I, I don't even think it's shocking that he knowingly is oh. using this kid's death. Wait. And dragging his name through the mud. Well, we're, we're bagging on Fox News. I had to take a picture of an alert I got the other day because it was just like, wow. Like, you, you tell me you don't color, you want to call yourself fair and balanced? This alert I got was ridiculous. Uh, uh, it is from Fox Business uh, from 103 on Tuesday, May 23rd. No joke. This says Trump budget saves taxpayer money by weeding out welfare freeloaders. That is, that came from Fox Business. What the fuck? Fair, Fair and balanced? balanced. Fair and balanced. That's that's not a yeah, That's not a leading headline whatsoever. That's not telling you, you what to think <laughs> just by reading the headline in the first place. Yeah. It just Fair and balanced uses word freeloader in headline. You know, right? That's not that's not fair and balanced. Nope. <laughs> Try again. I can't help. I I can't help but but just be so cynical that I'm like, yeah. That's the business that's, channel. That's supposed to just be reporting fucking Wall Street and shit in not, the market all day. Dude, not anymore. Not in the day. Not in the day and age of politics is entertainment. God damn. It's, dude. Imagine if the Yankees had their own sports channel. And Red Sox Nation had their own sports channel. It's Fox awful. News. <laughs> it's Fox News and MSNBC. The rest yeah. of the MLB gets fucking CNN. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's you pick your side and you root for it, because I mean, remember? Okay, beginning of the second Iraq War. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna show pictures of caskets coming back from the war, of you know fallen veterans. Blah blah blah. The left, you know, that came from the White House. The left went nuts. Well, why can't we see that? What are you trying to hide? The right defended it. It's privacy for the families, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward eight years, the policy continues under Obama. The left starts, oh, it's privacy for the families. The right is, what is he trying to hide? Why can't we see yeah. it? It, It's just not, I mean, it's nonsense. And these people, of course, they're shrewd enough. They don't care. To, 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 to Sean Hannity, this guy is just a name. Maybe a few pictures he's seen. And he's a ratings bonanza. That's all he is. That, I don't. That's why I, I, I. How anyone can watch the news and go, yeah, yeah. I think I don't, I don't think I'm being pandered to. I don't think that they're pushing one agenda over another. I don't understand. I just. I. I don't. Yeah, and the, there's certainly join us in the middle. People, it's, it's there's warm. even been people at Fox that have broken a little bit. Have uh, well, th- in going back to John Oliver's show, he had on on Sunday. I don't remember which reporter it was. Called the reporter, he's a talking head. But he was, you know, in one in one clip, diehard supporter of Trump, and he can do no wrong. But then plays a clip from two days earlier where he's saying like, "Well, this is starting to look kind of weird." So, yeah, I mean, I think he was definitely pulled aside after that and said, hey, you know, let's not waffle on this Trump thing. Let's all be on the same page here. Well, I mean, that's just a poorly kept secret of the Republicans. I don't think it's anybody's, I don't think anybody anybody would be shocked to find out if it was confirmed that behind the curtains there's a split in the Republican Party due to Trump. No shit. I mean, that's not even, to me, that's not even a, this isn't, this isn't their Obama. Yeah, but this is. 
This is an Obama versus Clinton, and when Obama won, everybody just threw in with Obama. There's still politicians trying to fucking straddle that line and not support him, but not appear to mm-hmm. go against him, hoping but, that eventually something happens. But it does point out a, a core difference between Fox News and CNN. A lot of people want to set this up like, well, you know, you've got Fox News on one side and CNN on the other side, and they're just as bad. They just each pick their own side. Yeah, but I don't think there's an attitude at CNN of having to pull somebody aside and get them back on message. No. I think there's just an attitude at CNN like there's at most news organizations, which is we need to find the truth. Now, is there some portion of every editorial process that in in weeding out or selecting certain stories that directs their overall message? Certainly. But it is so clearly like a lockstep thing with, with Fox. And I don't... When... When all of your opinion is ultimately coming from the top down, how can you even call yourself a news organization? Because you're not. You're a propaganda machine. You are a cheerleader. You might as well be have pom-poms, be wearing a skirt. I don't think it's far-fetched at all to think that, that people at Fox and people at MSNBC have their standing marching orders you look you guys know what side we cater to unless you're our token paid person to speak for the other side then don't stray too far from the party line and i mean i'm sure they're given leeway but let's be honest man when your guy's in office and you're basically stumping for him like fox news the 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 leeway and the room for improvisation that you allow becomes a lot less yeah, but well, but are you saying, Rich? Yeah, Fox is bad, but so is the rest of the liberal media. They're just as bad. I mean, if we want to get down to it, I think Fox set the template for the shit. Roger Ailes. I mean, that's <laughs> do your research. That guy pretty much figured out how to prey upon dividing the country based on what news they want to hear and they want to believe and they're prone to believe. And I well, think, I think, I think. Since then, yeah. I think all the channels have flirted with it. I think MSNBC pretty much does have a liberal bias. And, I mean, is it any question? Is it a debate that Fox has a conservative bias? Nope. It's one thing to have a conservative or liberal bias. But the top-down messaging of your reporting is the difference that I see between Trump Breitbart, uh, Trump, uh, Fox News, uh, Breitbart, other organizations like that. Maybe I'm naive. I, I don't, okay. and I don't know for sure. But I, think, I don't see that reflected in the reporting coming from CNN, from MSNBC. I, I think it's I mean, a false equivalency I, to say they're both equally as bad. I mean, uh, I th- and MSNBC. without saying equal, without saying without without assigning a negative connotation to it. Before mm-hmm. all the fucking shit happened, before he got the, or he quit or resigned or got the boot or whatever the fuck. I mean, to me, Bill O'Reilly and Rachel Maddow were flip sides of the same coin. Yep. They were pundits who spoke to their, to their, to okay. their crowd. 
right that's but it's I, kind that's of like I'm talking the, about but it's like the decision that we were faced when we uh, when we had to choose a president last year you know i voted for hillary i didn't want to i didn't like hillary Certainly there was, you know, early on in the election, I was looking at her as one side of the coin where the other side was pretty much the same until it got to be Trump's face on the other side of the coin. And then I saw that there was clearly a better side to that coin. And in this case, I think I don't believe everything that comes out that comes from MSNBC. But if I was forced to believe one over the other between MSNBC and Fox, I think there's clearly a better side to that coin as well. And I'm not just talking about how it lines up with my own beliefs. I think I think, if I was you know, just to trust facts and not that, you know, trust that the facts were not filtered through basically one man's opinion. I mean, do a lot of people at Fox, probably most of them agree with, well, Roger Ailes before he passed and whoever else is at the top in, in, in Fox News, yeah, probably they do tend to agree. But if they don't, they're not free to voice that opinion. They're not free to follow that story because it's not in line with their message. I, don't, I think there's a lesser, a lot lesser degree of that going on in, at MSNBC. Fox is so deep and, in the Republican Party's pocket, they, they're, they're busting the seams out of the bottom. MSNBC, right. I think, just is... And I know, oh my God, <laughs> anyone on the right who hears what I'm about to say is going to say, well, you're fucking an idiot and you're fooling yourself. I, don't, I think MSNBC isn't in the pocket, but is damn sure somewhere on the suit of the Democrats. Well, I, I think Rachel Maddow has... An, uh, the vest, the snappy vest. You know, Rachel Maddow definitely has a message that she wants to get out there, but do I think that MSNBC pushed her to take a page and a half of Trump's tax returns and, and milk it for a half hour? No. I think that was all her. Her and her team for her show. That was their decision. I got you, but that goes uh, hand in hand with what I'm saying as far as Fox being deep in the pocket of the Republican Party. They they get they get their marching orders from the top and it's handed down. Yeah. I I yeah, agree with that. Fair. I totally agree with that. I think to a lesser extent it's that way with MSNBC, but I think Rachel Maddow. No, I personally, I don't. I don't really feel one way or the other about Rachel Maddow. I've seen a lot of uh, clips of her, and I agree with a lot of them. And some of them, I just roll my eyes and go, "Okay, that's all I can handle," and turn it off. But I, I, don't, I don't think she, I don't. I think she's coming. I think it's very genuine. It's coming from her. I think she's very much in control of her show and what what content goes on there. No. I Absolutely. I've watched a lot of her, and I'm not a diehard watcher. Actually, I tend more to uh, listen to her on podcasts. More, I don't know if they still... Uh, they used to release her show the next day as a podcast. And uh, you don't really need to see... Actually, you don't really need to see anybody on the news. The news is better yeah. when you don't have to look at things, exactly. in my opinion. But... Uh, no, I'll you know, agree she, with you. I'll she was, uh, you. She was on the forefront of the Flint water crisis mm -hmm, and yeah. also on the forefront of the emergency managers that were put into place in Michigan. And, you know, the, she was beating that drum damn near relentlessly about how this was the start of the destruction of democracy in America when they can just appoint somebody not elected 
to oversee government function and control budget. But that's not, that is completely against what the, the, the uh, system that we put in place. That wasn't like a message of MSNBC at the time. They weren't constantly running stories about emergency managers and Flint water crisis. That that's was, what I'm saying. That was that's what she from, thought was important. So that's what's I coming think from her. Does Where's she have Bill? an agenda? Probably, yeah, I believe she does have an agenda, but she has her own agenda, and it's not one—it's not one agenda that runs the whole company. So, how can you believe anything that comes out of it? Uh, you're, you're more likely to get more complete and honest news from somebody with an agenda, but not run—not uh, not running underneath the agenda of editorial or somebody above them mm-hmm. I, I, right I'm, I'm with you i yeah does do i believe with it with no problem that fox from the top down they're handed this is what you're going to say these are what you're going to go these are the hand points you're going to hammer into the audience's head this is our fucking agenda okay yeah i totally believe that that's why I, it's why i laugh my ass off when people quote me fox news and I go, do you have another source? And they go, yeah, Breitbart. And I'm like, okay, if those are your two sources, conversation over. Yeah. Two. Strike two. Tell me Newsmax you know, as your third, and we're done here. I mean, yeah. So, yes, I'm with you. Right. But at the same time. It's like me saying, I'm a good person. Well, do you have another source to back that up? Yes, my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she doesn't think I'm a good person. Anyway, <laughs> she could she would not corroborate that information. <laughs> Mother's Day not go well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but it, once again, this all comes down to we accept this. Those of us who aren't who aren't cheering for one side or one party. And and that's it. And we're pulling for them. And the, and our side's always right, and the other side's always wrong. We we take a we tend to take a step back and look objectively at this shit and go, this is fucked up, man. On on everybody's everybody has enough blame to go around, but some people's plates are overflowing with blame, where other people's just have to mm-hmm. eat a light snack. Of course, I mean that's but that's just the world we 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 live in. We don't do anything about it. I mean, we don't pick up arms against any, you know any of these people. We don't throw these people out of out of out of office, whether they be a CEO or a politician, half the time. Right. I, I mean, we've well, just come you know, to accept it. Like, okay, Fox News is biased, and they're really biased. Right. I mean, CND. If you talk to people in my family, Fox News isn't far enough to the right. And <laughs> CNN and MSNBC is the communist news network. <laughs> And I forget their acronym they come up with for MSNBC, but it, inevitably the word Diesel Dyke and Rachel Maddow are mentioned in the same fucking sentence. Right. And I'm just like, it's so ba- lovely. So basically, anything to the left of Attila the Hun is too far to the left for you. I mean, it's well, it's it's, it's like, what they're saying. Most of the news that I read online, I get through Google News. Which, I mean, it's just like Google results for anything. You get what's most popular first. So, you know, if if there's a you know some breaking news story that every news agency is reporting on, 
and something from, from Fox News pops up, I'll read it. And if something in there kind of sticks out and is like, that seems like a weird take on it, I wonder if that's actually true. Plenty of other sources that I can read to corroborate that information. Big time. And, and you know, sometimes it is a question, it is a, a, a looking at, well, Fox News is reporting it from this angle. CNN is reporting it from this angle. Maybe there's actually somewhere in between or neither that is the, the truth. And maybe it's a little more digging to find the truth. So, I mean, anybody who gets all of their news from one news source or one group of news sources, I mean, like you were saying, you can't corroborate, corroborate this information between Fox News and Breitbart and what Alex Jones is saying. Because they all got the same memo. You're all getting it from the same place. You know, all these multiple sources reporting on Seth Rich are all coming from one story. And it really doesn't take a lot of digging to find this stuff out. It's laziness. Exactly. exactly. And that goes back to another story that was, it's, it's a minor story. It's, not polit- it's got political overtones, I guess. But the story I sent you guys about that school using a, uh, a Lou Reed song and they're using Walk on the Wild Side and students oh, were yeah. like, Oh, this is transphobic and problematic. Okay. This is what irritates me the most yeah, about and it. Yeah, and To Kill a Mockingbird is a little racist and problematic, but we still teach that's it. That's why they bomb Ariana Grande concerts. Okay. There you go. Thank after you, the initial, After the initial, to, to, to steal a phrase from Hunter S. Thompson, hate and rage subsided, I was like, okay, what really bothers me about the situation? These are people in high school right now who grew up with the internet. They have a world of information at their fingertips. It would take all of a five-minute Google search. Lou Reed, walk on the wild side. Is it homophobic? Right. First of all, yeah, just Google image search and see the guy with eyeliner. He has an album called Trans, and he was known to cross-dress. Okay? He hung out with Andy Warhol. He was part of the Velvet Underground. These are not fucking right-wing, hate-filled people. If you want a first-hand account, Penn Gillette responded to this on his podcast. He was a friend of Lou Reed. Not just like, we're all celebrities, I know that guy. He was a sit-down-and-have-long-conversations-with friend of Lou Reed and said that this upset him so much because Lou Reed was literally the least transphobic person he had ever met. And also and Lou Reed pointed out 70s. that... Right. That this was... Very forward thinking for that age. Pro-trans. This was... That song was... Uh, well, it was controversial at the time because he was just talking about it. That was considered to be pro-trans, that you were just talking about these people. The album is called Transformer. He's wearing makeup on the cover right. of it. Right. By, by the way, Transformer is front to back one of the greatest fucking rock and roll albums. I like Loaded better. Loaded, Loaded is great, but, but Transformer is, is just, that's just Lou Reed. But, but yeah, it, it is ridiculous. The whole well, reason, first of all, we didn't have terms like uh, 
uh, whatever. We didn't any of the terms now that that were yeah. We, we didn't. We didn't have the structure that we're creating around it to control how we talk about it. I mean, you had the vernacular of the street. That's, that's what he was singing about. That's why. And it, see, this is this is these. Okay, the people that are upset have all the knowledge with the most. I mean, as easy as reaching in their pocket to understand. Where this song was coming from, the context this song was written and released in, and its place in history, and they don't even do that, and then they expect for people to to to, to like go, oh, it's okay. No, because you're going to grow up into be low information voters who vote off of sound bites. You are the fucking problem. That's my issue. Right, and we already have plenty of those. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to grow up to be better than us. Yes, you're the you're the millennials. You're the millennials. You're the you're the ones who are going to save the world, whether they want it or not. All right, that's what I mean. Basically, what the attitude of the millennials boils down to, all the pro millennial shit is, they're going to force change on this world, whether this world wants it or not. Okay. Then you need to be very educated about the world you're moving around and existing in. And if you're not, then you don't get to say whether we this song does not need to be played, or this song needs to be taken off of of, of, of radio stations' airwaves. If you don't understand the music that you're trying to basically have banned, that's what it's 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 oh it's being so willfully ignorant and and proud of it and. It, having such a bubble of like bullshit protecting you that when you try to point out to them, hey, you got this backwards, they're just condescending and they're like, whatever, you right. just don't get it because you're a transphobic person. And it's like, this oh is, my god, this is maybe a, a case where you should take a cue from your parents and not even listen to the words. No, nobody for the longest time gave a shit about what was going down in there, except for a handful of people who knew or just paid attention. And last year, I had to do, I was working for a, uh, a company that did music lessons. And they had a farmer's market in the neighborhood where the, the location was. And I was tasked with going out on a Sunday and setting up a little booth this and, playing some, and playing some music. And, uh, and there was, you know, the students would come in and play, and I was playing, you know, a selection of music in between. And I had, I didn't have my entire music collection with me, and even so, that music collection is pretty eclectic and not really for mass consumption. <laughs> it's like 98, 98% shit never gets played on the radio anywhere. ICP? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, basically, yeah, big, big if, you wanna, what I'm if, you, if you want to clear out a party, it's like a bunch of bros. Give Aaron the consort control of the stereo. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will end that. Hey, you guys, shit like Morrissey. <laughs> hey, yeah. So I was kind of digging deep for songs that people would know, and I I played "Walk on the Wild Side." And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I listen to that saxophone and the color girls and all that shit. And there was, but there was one dad who came up to me and he was like, you're a bad boy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know, but nobody listens to this shit. <laughs> nobody listens to the lyrics. 
He's like, yeah, but I know what it's about. I'm like, I know what this shit's about too. Oh, I, I like heard a, it when I, like I, was, I heard it when I was a kid, and I grew up okay. I was hitting on you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think he, he, I mean, he, he straight up cr- says, even when he was given head in the song. Oh, you know, and oh, here's yeah. the funny thing: I've had so many people, including my father, who in 1997 we were driving, and this song come on. And when he got to the, she, and she never lost her head, even when she was given head, he went, has that always been in this song? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I looked at my dad and I said, dad, time. you were alive when it came out. How would I know? It's always been in there since I first heard it. And he's like, right. oh my God, I've never paid attention to that. And he's not the only one. It's just, you're right. I mean, look at the, look at the most, look at most pop lyrics. It's not real deep yeah. shit, you know? Well, I remember there's uh there's another song that has the uh the word head in it in that reference that 89X used to play back when they would play a better selection of music. And I was listening at work and uh my work at the time at that time was a frame shop that was owned by my parents. So I was back there framing pictures listening to the radio and my dad was back there doing whatever and uh Jet Boy, Jet Girl comes on the radio, which, if you've never heard the song, uh, ends in the chorus, ooh, he gives me head. (laughs) Jet Boy, Jet Girl. So, as soon as he heard that shit, like, I didn't, I wasn't even, like, registering it. I knew what the song was about, but I was like, nobody listened to lyrics, and I certainly didn't think my dad was listening to lyrics of a punk rock song. But, he, but as soon as he heard that, like the the radio turned off, but not because the power button was hit. Like I think he just slammed the top of it and it stopped. <laughs> like he just he anti fozzied that shit. <laughs> it was a reverse Fonzie. Uh, <laughs> the reverse Fonzie. That sounds yeah. vaguely dirty. Gave her a reverse Fonzie. Yeah, you know. You know it's when on, would, it's like, on Urban Dictionary bat, somewhere. Yeah. He would bat the jukebox and it would start playing his favorite song right away. This you're, is the opposite. He, he yeah. slammed it and it stopped playing his least favorite song immediately. Yes. And he, he's like, is that my son's music? Tap. Okay, we're enough of that. <laughs> what is this homo shit that really was happening? Oh, no. He's just kind of prudish in that way. Uh. It was just... Someone talked about the naughty on the music box. I think if it was about heterosexual fellatio, he would have been just as pissed. Ah, see, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. My dad was shocked that it took him all those years to hear that in "Walking the Wild Side." But when he heard, when he heard that, uh, when he heard uh, Alanis Morissette, that what is it? Uh, You ought to know. And she's like, "Would would she go down on you in a theater?" I remember him like looking at me, going, "What? Well, again, kind of risky with what they say on the radio these days, aren't they?" Hey, man, Dave Coulier got a blowjob. All right, and we all but know he about it. it. <laughs> he said it in kind of. He said it in kind hey, of. Hey, cut like, it out. <laughs> <laughs> he said it in kind of a way that I always thought that he was thinking like, "Hey, that's all right. That's a freak bitch right there. Suck a dick in the theater <laughs> and then write a song about this shit." I should have been like, "Hey, Dad, here, check out Exile in Guyville." Just yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that, that's still I'll, fucking. Yeah, this is from the man who bought Sticky Fingers. You saw the cover. <laughs> it still blows my mind that that fucking whole album's about Dave Coulier. Like, oh, that's the urban legend with Jagged Little Pill. 
Anyway, Amen. Sorry. Apparently, apparently he he did something right. That's stuck in her psyche for a while. Yeah, well, she got a hit song out of it. It made a whole lot of money, so yeah, and he didn't see one cent of it. I guarantee it. Well, he's he's on TV again with fucking Fuller House. That's horrible. ridiculous. God, I watched previews for it on Netflix. I was like, yeah, I watched that as a little kid. I was like, good God, I had horrible taste in television when I was a child. Were you one of those? Were you one of those kids? There's like, I got to see what Urkel does this week. Yes, it was written oh the same. God. Like it was the same jokes. It's like, wow, how did I? Wow, it's like, how did I even find out about George Carlin and Bill Hicks if this was my taste in comedy when I was a child? I thought Dave Coulier was a comic genius. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's been so many reboots of. And rehashings, reworkings of shit from our childhood. Do you guys think? Are there any that you think have been successful? That uh, have been entertaining in their own right for any reason? Any reboots? And 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 section one B to that question. Uh, do you think if? Do you think any of these like reboot movies, TV shows? would stand alone if you stripped out all their nostalgic elements. I heard the 21 Jump Street movie is pretty funny, but I haven't seen it. That's yeah. what I've heard, too, and I've watched half of it, and I was like, I don't get it. Really? Oh, my God, that movie was hilarious. Just be, just to watch yeah. Channing Tatum, Mr. Douchebag, because up to then, I had never seen him make fun of himself. Yeah. And in that movie, he is self-aware enough to know, like, he's... He's not straying too far from the man he is by playing that role, the dumb jock. And he's self-aware enough to, to go with it. And it makes it hilarious. I mean, there's, I, you know, I don't know, humor, whatever. It's subject. You know, it, it, what's funny to one person isn't funny to another. I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. I'm well, trying Chris, to you think, like, like, the, Chris, you like the Ghostbusters reboot, right? I mean. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought if you put yourself, I mean, I don't know. I'd look back on it. If I got to give you all these qualifiers, was it really that good? <laughs> but I don't know. I just think if you go into it just, you know, as a fan of the old movie, like, I, don't know, I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was a horrible right. shit show. I thought it was all right. right. If we're talking now, about it's just strictly reboots, I thought right. Starsky and Hutch had amusing points in it. It is a if dumb it was, movie, but it was if amusing. It was just if it was four ghost hunting chicks, would you go see the movie? Well, I'm a fan of ghosts. I'll tell you, if you're a fan, <laughs> a fan of, of the concept of ghost busting, <laughs> it's still a good movie. So yeah. perhaps. I mean, I, I, it's it's weird because when you're when your connection is so tied to it in that way, where it's not like you could, what you wouldn't have anything left over if you took ghost hunting out of the Ghostbusters reboot. Mm -hmm. You know, like. 21 Jump Street, from what I saw at least, I think you could have cobbled together a story that, that made sense and was a fun comedy and had absolutely nothing to do with 21 Jump Street. Um, they better not fuck with Back to the Future. I think, I, I, I think, uh, I think there's been a reason for that. I think Zemeckis won't let it happen. What was, wait a minute, there, yeah, was, a, no, there he, was a movie in the 80s. definitely against it. There was a movie in the 80s that I think either was out at the same time as 21 Jump Street or came out before it that had John Cryer in it where, wasn't he a cop that was undercover in a high school? Oh, yeah, that sounds him. familiar. And yes, yes, yes. It was, it was a comedy, but it was also a drama. And it was kind of like, 
It was like a John Hughes film for the early people in their early 20s, I guess, instead of like a kid's movie. <clears throat> Even though John Hughes really started out as a teenage movie type guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, they could have done yeah, it yeah, easily with 21 Jump Street. I think, I, think what, I think what is better is the stuff that references the time period that they're doing all these reboots from, like Stranger Things. Like the it like the it movie coming out that's set in the eighties, I think right that uses that nostalgia to build new universes off. I lived through, I lived through that. Okay, okay, that's okay, Fellhauer, calm down. No, that's that's isn't that our I, isn't I that our reflex? Day. I drive there every day. No, but I'm saying Detroit. <laughs> but isn't that our reflex though? Well, okay, but look, there is a lot of enjoyable elements that were definitely preying on people's nostalgia in shows like Stranger Things. But when it when it's done right, I think you can remove all of that. If you took Stranger Things and put that story in present time, I would still watch it, and I believe it would be just as good. You take any kind of sly reference to Stephen King out of there. I mean, you can't really because it's in the nature of the material, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. influence of Stephen King is baked into that genre. Yeah. But so is it all member berries? But if you just, you know, if you made it the Stranger Things font different, still be a good show. If I didn't look at that font and think that looks like a Stephen King font, I would still think it was equally as competent material. It doesn't hinge on nostalgia. Also, the uh, the new Twin Peaks. I don't know if you, you guys are, are uh, Twin Peaks fans. I haven't seen the new one yet. But, you, but you've seen the original, Rich? When it originally ran, and that's it. So, and I never saw oh, really? the, the, the movie. Are these so, the Julie, okay. Are these in the Julie Cruz song? See, I, I've, uh, not the no lyrics, but yeah, the the soundtrack is back. Now there there are a lot of nostalgic elements because for those who have watched the show, you see the Black Lodge, you hear the guitar line. I mean, it all comes back. All you need is an image of red curtains, and you're like, oh, fuck, people are going to start talking backwards. I mean, that's all there. But this is also different in that this is the story 25 years later. And I've seen... I must have watched every episode of the season like three or four times. I've seen Fire Walk With Me a couple times. Never been and interested. I believe it's in. I don't. I don't remember if it's in the uh, in Firewalk with Me or if it's in the last episode of season two. That um, the Laura Palmer that talks backward in Black Lodge says to Dale Cooper that you'll see him again in twenty five years. Hmm. I mean, it's Lynch, dude. Can you put anything past him? No. I used and to. I, I, I used to think that that was a very plot, like thought out, plotted. TV show when I was watching it as a kid. Mm-hmm. It was the first TV right. show I realized at a certain point they're making it up as they go. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think all of the second season. Yeah, I don't definitely. think they went into it thinking that they would get anything other than the first season. I think David Lynch probably thought, "Look, we'll get one season out of this, set up an interesting story, and then maybe I'll do a couple movies about it to wrap well, it was, up." He was, I mean, he had had Blue Velvet, and then he had Wild at Heart. And that was like, he was the hot kind of weird director, artsy-fartsy director at that point. Mm-hmm. And so 
Well, he, I mean, it, well, he had kind of a weird career because while he got a lot of attention from as more of an, an indie type filmmaker at the time, he al- already had a career doing somewhat more contemporary movies like The Elephant Man. And Elephant Man is almost, even though it's set in, like, what, is it the 1800s or, or no, 1900s, right? Um, yeah, uh, I don't recall what time period exactly, but I mean, it's at the, I mean, it's based on a true story and it's set at that time. I think it's, I think and it's filmed in black and white to give you a vintage feel. Yeah, it's on the cusp of the change from the 1800s to 1900s, I believe. Yeah. That was just, that movie almost, I watched that movie on the first time for uh, for the first time on acid. Oh, what you couldn't find a racer head alone. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably the most like it's sad, but it's probably the most benign like David Lynch movie to watch on acid it's a pretty, alone. It's a pretty to, straightforward telling of the story as it was understood and it's not Eraserhead, I mean, it's not fucking Lost right. Highway. Right. Which I mean, it, it, I've, I've, David Lynch is like one of those guys. He's got like four movies I like, and the rest of them I just go, okay, not my thing. Oh, yeah. See, I, I'm kind of a super fan. I've seen just about everything, and there's very few times where I'm disappointed. But I also think that my expectations that are m- maybe at a different level. I mean, certainly I adjust them for what I expect from a David Lynch film, like. As much as I'm watching Twin Peaks now to get some answers, I find that I'm kind of pissed when I do because ultimately that's not why I watch anything David Lynch. If you watch Lost Highway expecting to know what the fuck is going on, <laughs> good luck. You know, and, I, would, I would say and, it takes and, multiple viewings to even start to formulate a theory of what's going on. Season this... Uh, this new season of Twin Peaks. Well, if you took Lost Highway and replaced the lesbian scenes with people being brutally murdered by strange creatures, that's pretty much what you'd have. And they released like four of them all at once. And it's kind of evident as to why, once you watch all four, because it is very slow moving. This is, you know, the original Twin Peaks, while it was definitely strange it was out there even for its time it still had somewhat of a structure it had to have a structure it had to be this is on primetime television it had to have some structure to it so we understood that there was certain constraints that he was working in and that it had to have somewhat of a beat to it you know he could he could uh, get the the audience's trust enough to deeper into the season, give you more stranger and extended shots of just like a tall guy in a suit or a midget talking backwards and get away with it. But he had to kind of set that up. Now it's all bets are off. He is clearly just doing and telling the story that he wants to do. And a lot of it is just long shots that, you know, seem completely unnecessary and frankly are probably boring a lot of people, but are just gorgeous as fuck. He de- he's and one of those directors who has his own style, and if you don't find his style pleasing on some level, 
it becomes tedious to sit through his work. Yeah, he has an aesthetic, and and I love that aesthetic. I'm totally sucked into it. In the same way that, like, I love how Woody Allen films in the way in the way that his movies he'll have these long scenes, and you'll get like kind of it'll either be like a, a more intimate two person shot, or I'll have a, a group of people that'll go around. The camera is kind of loose, and in every shot, that especially in in Twin Peaks, every every shot that's done in this new season, that camera is on a tripod and just sits there. And the shots are just as long as in any Woody Allen production, but the camera is not moving, and it gets to feel almost slightly torturous in the way that he plays with that. Because, you know, he's doing, he'll do a long shot, no dialogue, no camera movement. It's like you're in the last scene of Clockwork Orange. You're having your eyes peeled open. Like, you can't look away. This is going to happen, and it's going to play out in its own time, and you're not going to be able to look away. Unless you can look away, and then you're just not really interested in, in what David Lynch has to say in general. But for someone like me, I'm right there, like, eyes glued to it. It's, it's not, I like to, uh, when I get home from work, first thing I do, make myself some dinner, watch some TV. I found that this is not the type of program where I can eat and watch it at the same time. And it's not because of any like graphic content or anything like that. Like what happens when I try and watch The Walking Dead and inevitably something reminds me of uh, what I'm eating <laughs> and disgusts me. The, the worst time that happened was when I had that made this... Gross. I had made these sandwiches. I got this recipe for it that was like what to do with your leftover chicken, right? And so you throw your chicken in with, you make a salad of it and put it in a wrap. And in there you put uh, some veggies, some chopped up tomatoes, stuff like that, some balsamic and some walnuts and some cranberries. And it was just fucking delicious. One of the best sandwiches I've ever had. But I was eating one while watching The Walking Dead. And I found myself looking down at my sandwich, and here are these like these like dark red coated walnut pieces in it. <laughs> hey, I'm eating somebody's arm. It looked like a fu- it looked like brains. It looked like pieces of brain. I could not finish the sandwich. <laughs> but in the case of Twin Peaks, it said I'm so transfixed that even though these this shot may go on longer than you see than seems reasonable especially compared to current television there's something that you're going to miss there's always something that you're going to miss and it's because he plays with you and gives you so little information and makes you work for what the fuck is really going on here that you are that invested that you're like well there's a message in here somewhere and this has got to make sense and I'm going to figure it out but I'm not going to figure it out if I look away. I don't. Know. I I think that's the kind of like that's the power of David Lynch in general, for me. Yeah, it, David David Lynch is a filmmaker. I have to be in the mood to watch and sit down I and be you. like, okay, I can put it in. Just like you said, it's not it's not just casual background right. entertainment. It's not Tommy Boy. Well, <laughs> well, there are there's there's two different levels to me with David Lynch. Now you had mentioned um, Blue Velvet, 
and um, oh shit, what was the other one? Was Sailor? Crazy, uh, um, crazy, wild at heart. Wild at heart, right? Those are two that you know got him a lot of attention, and those are two movies where you have probably well, it's fucking out there. They're fucked up movies. You have probably the tightest story structure in those two movies compared to anything else that he's done outside of the straight story or the uh, uh, Elephant Man. Whereas uh, a movie like, um, oh God, I can't remember the, the name of the last one that I saw that was really weird or, or Lost Highway, where it's a lot looser. It's a lot more surreal. I mean, the surreal elements are still there in, in Blue Velvet, but they're all tied into this larger, crazier story. Same with Wild at Heart, you know? And there, there is a uni- little universe that he's building, and you do kind of get... I mean, do you ever know what's in Frank's gas tank? No. Does it really matter? No. You, But you get what motivates the characters, and you get what... You get why things happen. You know, you don't get the why in Lost Highway. And so there are two different levels of enjoyment for me. There's the aesthetic level of just about anything that this guy does is outright beautiful to me, and I want to see it. And then there's that next level up where not only is it all beautiful, but it's telling me an amazing story as well. And that's where I agree with you that that like Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart are two perfect examples of movies that do stand above his the rest of his body of work and being exceptional in that way. So I feel you. You know, not always in the mood for the surreality, but how how are you never in a in a in a mood not in a mood for a good story? Well, one of the that's one of the things that people that I remember showing Lost Highway to. Especially when it hit cable, when people would go, man, I, I come in the middle of this movie, and I think it's called Lost Highway. I'm like, oh, that's a good movie. You're like, I come in the middle, I didn't understand any of it. I was like, watch it from yeah. the beginning. And then in, inevitably I would get, dude, I watched it from the beginning. It still don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> right. What the fuck were you talking about? And I'm like. I, w- <laughs> I would have said, and the middle is as good a place as I need to jump into that movie. <laughs> okay, who did you see more of, the president from Independence Day or Balthazar Getty? <laughs> trying to figure out what part of the movie you came in at, you know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Mulholland Drive was on paper a movie of his I should have really been into, and I have tried and I have tried. I can just not get into that movie. I have fallen asleep. I have, uh, I mean, like just turned it off and been like, I'm gonna try tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It just for some reason I can't get into it. Never seen the straight story, and I haven't seen. Uh, the straight story's all right. I haven't seen Firewalk with me. Everything else. Straight story is a straight story is a Disney production. I mean, it's a straight story. It's just it's about a guy driving his tractor across the U.S. It's like <laughs> Forrest Gump without effects. Gotcha. Okay. So I mean, it's a good movie, but it's done. It's just like super traditional it's a very competent movie that could have been made by anyone honestly i've seen zero seconds of any david lynch anything wow really really? i I mean how do you manage that dude in in most cases i would say you gotta watch blah 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 but i you know i don't think it's just not you it's not for you yeah like i never watched twin peaks 
Lost Highway came out. The soundtrack was kind of cool. I remember I I watched started watching Twin Peaks after it aired, probably years after, because it aired when I was in high school. So I think I would have been uh, probably sophomore year, I believe. So that would have been what ninety. Does that make sense? Yeah, it went from what ninety to ninety two. Um, Mulholland Drive sounds familiar. I think I might have seen that. Well, so yeah, but when when Twin Peaks was originally on, and I was in high school, it wasn't exactly watching a lot of television anyway. But I remember coming across the program, and you were doing must see TV. I think it was a scene. I think it's Ben that shoots the stuffed bear in his office after having a standoff with it. I don't know what the fuck you just said. In the, <laughs> the the hotel owner, he's like squaring off. He's got. A, he's gonna do a quick draw with the, like the the uh, taxidermied bear. I think it was or no, but it was something that he had in the closet that it would like pop out and he would shoot. I can't remember what it is. I have to watch it again. But I watched that and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> you know, not interested. But then you- as I got older and started, I started getting into weirder movies, then came across Razorhead, Blue Velvet, shit like that. And I was like, wait a minute, this is the same guy who did this, this crazy TV series? So I had to turn back around and watch that. Yeah, then, mine was... Mine was I was totally hooked Mine was a lot more carnal than that. I I, I was like, I, I think I was my last year of middle school and a freshman in high school when it was on. And uh, Cheryl and Fenn, yeah, that was enough for me to watch it. Oh, boy. One of the few issues of Playboy that I actually owned and cherished for a long time. <laughs> I feel like we've had this conversation pre-internet, before. Pre-internet. Pre-internet. When you would hold on to porn. Yeah. Your, your pornography used to be on paper. Dude. Or, get it's this, funny. the same movie for a long period of time. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. Dude, I used to, okay, when I, was a, when I was real young, it was baseball cards. And then it was comic books. And then it was porn. And the one thing, I all, the one thing <laughs> they all jump. had in common... One thing they all had in common was there was a stack that I was never going to trade, and there was a stack that was for trade. <laughs> and this was I'm keeping I'm keeping my Mark McGuire rookie card. I'm keeping my X Men one thirty seven, and I'm keeping this one with uh, this this Playboy with you know Cheryl and Fenn in it. You know? <laughs> Everything else is up for trade. But no, it's yeah. And then oh, when you lose a movie and then find it like six months a year later, it was brand new porn. All it was a brand new movie. Fuck yeah, it was. Like where you could go like a scene and a half before you blew your shit. You couldn't get two minutes into it. You're like, this is like brand new. Fucking a. The good old days. The, the yeah, I. I mean, I remember the times when. Uh, now, I mean, when we were too young to even like get our hands on some real porn, and you'd find like half a pussy in the woods. And pass that shit around. Wait, like, an old an old water? No, not. I called dibs this weekend. Like a piece of paper? Yeah, like oh, a okay. like up water. Yeah, like a piece of oh, so paper. not like a real yeah. human vagina? <laughs> right, yeah, gotcha. no. No, but Aaron, Aaron, did, Aaron did find one and pass it around. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's mine this yeah, weekend, didn't I, guys. Didn't I tell you? True Detective was based on my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> His mom come home and be like, why does the microwave smell funny? I had to warm something up, Ma. Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all good. It's just, it, was, it was some I fish sticks, Ma. I, I grew up in North Africa. 
<laughs> Is that too soon? <laughs> well, um, you sent who sent the thing about uh, TJ? What's his face leaving? That's me. Oh yeah, he's leaving Silicon Valley. Apparently, he's too busy being a movie star. If you read the article, you know, yeah, that's okay with me. Is that show really can definitely survive him? him leaving. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not mad at him, but I can see how it. I definitely see how it could maybe even be a stronger show without him. I now because see it seems why they're, like they're finding ways to like work him into this season. I now see why they're finding ways to put Dinesh and Guilfoyle more towards the front. Like you I know, think they're to, funnier. Frankly, to, put, to put, put them a lot more forward in the show. So that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, honestly, what's his, what's his character doing this season? He's kind of running around, like, just right. trying to attach himself well, to anything that's, that's floating. I think he served Maybe a vital purpose, coming. though. They had to have a bigger, zanier character to kind of bring everybody together and to be a focal point for this show because you kind of had that challenge. As much as everybody seems to love the Big Bang for some reason doesn't mean all nerds sell automatically you, you gotta have somebody that's gonna bring the bros in and show them that the show can be funny and that it's just about you know mostly guys hanging out and fucking up <laughs> i'm really shocked the amount of people who were beavis and butthead office space king of the hill idiocracy fans who want nothing to do with the show they're like ah, i tried it it's not funny so i don't get I it i don't Right. Dude, I see a, 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 I see Silicon Valley as the culmination of all of his prior work. Yes, this is Mike Judge's crowning achievement. This is yeah. his magnum opus. Absolutely. It's got elements from all of that shit, except for maybe King of the Hill. And they, de- they definitely, they definitely <laughs> use the entourage story arc of, oh, we're fucked. Oh, everything's good again. Oh, we're fucked. Oh, everything's good again. Right. But you know those are those are both applied to uh apt scenes when you're talking about the tech world and the entertainment world I'm sure that's I'm, I'm sure people that are in those careers feel like they're on a roller coaster a lot yeah, that's how it goes when they right. new hotness right yeah if you're if you're tr- constantly trying to push the edge. Uh, of and boundaries of tech you're bound to fall flat on your face probably more than you succeed and and actor and i think any any actor who's over the age of like 50 or 60 can tell you that yeah there's no guarantees in hollywood right there's no also i mean ultimately what story is he telling here i mean clearly it's not a man who builds a company up with an idea and then goes on to be a millionaire right away from that idea. He's not interested in telling that story. He's interested in telling the story of the struggle of people working within that industry. So he has to keep that moving in some fashion. He can't, and thereby your main character can't be ultimately successful, because ultimately successful means he turns into Gavin Belson and you don't have a show anymore. Hey, it's good to know we're getting to season five. Yeah. By the way, uh, I can't remember the actor's name who plays Gavin Belson, but he is fucking phenomenal. He just keeps getting funnier, in my opinion. And the way that he can deliver nothing lines that get big laughs. Like, uh, 
I think it was the, not the last episode, but the the one before when uh, what's his name has to go to Gavin to get the patent for his new internet, and in using the poker to gesture with, he throws it aside, <laughs> and the in the couch catches fire. <laughs> Gavin Belson's reaction to that is just I think he says uh holy shit or what the fuck or just something like that some expletive but the way it's delivered is impeccable it, he is so fucking funny well that's one thing you got to give Mike Judge he's in his in his live action stuff at least he's went and got people who have great comedic timing yes oh, who aren't yeah. who, who aren't A-list stars you know I mean, Stephen Root basically launched a million imitations with his. I, w- I was told I could have the radio if I played it to the reasonable volume. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? And well, it's such a, it's such a nothing role that ends up being such an important role by the end of it. Yeah, um, the guy who plays Gavin Belson before this show, you know, where everybody knew him from, Big Love, Big Love, and if you've ever watched that show, he is the creepiest nastiest slimiest fucker he's an asshole i mean he is just the guy that you love to hate and he plays that same kind of character in this in the way that you love to hate him but it's a totally different personality and there's nothing funny about his acting or his character in big love and that i guess it's part of why i find it uh kind of astounding that he can that he has that much comedic chops. You know, I was thinking the same Dude. thing when you guys started telling me to watch Billions. With, yeah. Um, what's his... Damien Lewis? Axe's right-hand man. Oh, oh, yeah, who used to play Gale in... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, what is his name? He's the been in that, so many shows. But the guy he that was, was getting the was, IV treatments and shit for his hangovers and all that. Oh, and, uh, uh, right. Oh, what the fuck's his He name? played Gale in Breaking Bad, the... Um, the chemist that they hire that that uh, Jesse shoots in the head. Oh shit! See, you. I was thinking he played the uh, editor in chief of the paper in the fifth also, season of The Wire. Also, yes, very. And he was he was rather an demure characters. Uh, but he was an asshole. But he wasn't funny. And so when I saw him in Billions, he, I was like, he's playing a funny asshole this time. And I, I remember thinking, I was like, oh okay, this this guy's pretty good at the funny shit. Like he's got some timing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, he, right, he played, uh, he played a character in The Wire that could definitely show his anger, but it was, it, he was a reasonable character. He wasn't the over, over the top character that he's playing in Billions. Yeah, like, the, only, the only thing they had you, in common is You wouldn't they call were the editor in The Wire flamboyant. No, I mean, the only thing they had in common is they're assholes, and they were compl- they're completely different type of assholery. But there is assholery afoot, you know, so. Right, right. right. Which, I mean, that's a trick. I mean, first of all, I think it takes a really good actor to play. It takes a better actor to play a bad guy than it does a good guy, certainly. And that's because the good guy already has the audience on their side. And not only to find somebody that can play, not necessarily the, the villain, you know, he's. Wags. But he's not—he's not the good guy in in uh, in in billions. David Costabile, Costabile. Is that is, is, is that his name? C O S T A B I L E. Right, but 
But to understand that there's different types of assholes and to find the right type of asshole for this character. Yeah, a bad guy that can make you root for him and still care about the good guys, that's usually like a, a very stellar performance. I'm thinking of like right. uh, Kevin Spacey as John Doe in, yeah. in uh, Seven. Like even... <sighs> there are even no he, good guys even, billions. He's, we'll see. That's what I was about to say about Seven. Seven is just really a bunch of broken people, and then there's John Doe who's really broken. And right. like he even spells it out where he's like, and then there was the lawyer. And I know both of you secretly must have been praising me for killing that you know piece of shit. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, like you can kind of see it in, in Brad right. Pitt and, uh, and uh, Morgan Freeman's face when they look at each other. They're like, yeah. You know, like you're a bad guy, and we got to we got to take you in because you're ultimately you nutty as right. squirrel shit. That is part of the brilliance of that movie because I think that they're kind of showing us that, like, look, all these people are fucked up. At least this one has a plan. And here's the thing: for the at for least the, he's got an he's got a, a motive, he's got an aesthetic, he's got something, and he's for just the, not wandering through the world letting it harm him. And for the good guys to win for the quote unquote good guys to win would have meant that Brad Pitt would have had to walk away from him at the end of the movie. And I don't know anyone who saw that movie who wasn't like, go pump, just empty the clip in his head. Just do it, do it, you know, which ultimately meant John Doe won. So it was kind of like one of those things, like you're rooting for the bad guy against, even though you still are like, you know, yeah, kill him, you dude, he cut your wife's head off and put it in a box, blow his fucking head off. But that's what he wants, and he wins if you do it. Mm-hmm. That's that, God. I'm gonna go. I David Fincher is kind of, I guess, like uh, one of those guys. I'll watch any movie of his. Period. Like, like, and and. But I think that that was like one of his best best scenes. I'll out. definitely watch. Yeah, I've been kind of up and down on him in general. I think um, that in the game was a hell he of a one-two punch. I'm sorry. What was that? I think seven in the game, and actually, oh yeah, the game follow, was good. Following the game up with Fight Club was a hell of a one-two-three punch, one-two-three yeah, combination. That's a that's a really strong trilogy. You can make a whole career just based off of that. Those three movies right there. Someone I mean, say some he of did. his stuff has kind of fallen flat on me. Um, did correct me if I'm wrong. Did you do Gone Girl? Yes, he did. Is yeah, David. Yeah, did not like that movie. We also got to remember he's the showrunner for was a mess. at least for the first season. I think he was the showrunner for House of Cards. Oh yeah, that's right. And if you look at House of Cards, it has that very washed out David uh, Fincher look to it. Yeah, like that. That was what was that, that's one of that's one of the cool things kind about Seven. Grittiness. Yeah, the whole movie it's this rainy, overcast, only right. lit by fluorescent light and natural lighting environments, and then at the end it's these bright colors in this field at sunset and you know i'm saying it was the contrast of it and everything he's one of those guys i can watch his movies for the aesthetics like you were talking about how lynch is like that with you for some movies right well i you know hearing you describe seven though it makes me think that it's kind of the perfect analogy for our situation in dealing with terrorism in the world oh bring it all back around right well, no, I don't want to drag us back into this conversation, but I just wanted to... I, I, it made me think of that because, you know, you have this character who does these horrible things, 
And he does so because he wants the world to see. And his ultimate plan is involves his own murder. And what do we as the audience do? We cheer for that, you know? So while we're cheering for Brad Pitt to get revenge, we're ultimately cheering for the terrorist to get his wish, right? And it's kind of the same way that we that we do handle terrorism in real life. While we should, you know, seek to put this, you know, put terrorists in jail and get them out of power, absolutely. But when it but when it comes to, you know, our loved ones possibly being harmed, well, yeah, we're going to pull the trigger. We're going to drop a bomb somewhere because we are driven by our passions oh, more than, so than our inter- intellect. What's in the fucking box? Ultimately, you know, he wins, I lose, doesn't register when it's, I get my revenge clouding your judgment. Well, I mean, with apologies to Joseph Heller, it's a catch-22. It's kind of a, there's really, it's, 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 there's degrees of losing. There's no winner in that situation. Right. You know, and that's, that's what makes, that's what makes the whole thing hard to deal with because there's so many people who don't, either they're incapable of accepting that or they refuse to accept that as the truth of the situation. And they want to come at it from, there's, there's some way to have a decisive victory where the, the movie ends with us standing on the rubble of ISIS holding up the American flag in one hand and a piece of mom's apple pie in the other, smash cut right. to credits. That's not how the life works. That's not how the world works. This is a, a lot of gray area, and there's a lot of nuance in the situation, and nobody's hands are clean. Everybody's hands are dirty and bloody at some point in all this. I mean, if, if you look at... Like you said, the Middle East, we go in there, we treat it like it's our personal sandbox. Of course we're going to breed just people who are resentful of that to the point where they're like, you know what, I have so little hope. Yeah, I'll blow myself up, take 20 of them out. Who gives a fuck? I mean, it's like when we were talking about the... the, well, the well, right, but it, 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 it's like uh, when I was comparing it to Seven and saying that uh, people who watch it and, and root for the villain because at least that guy had a plan. At least he has a direction. Like That's how people get attracted to terrorism in the first place. The whole world is fucked up. Doesn't It seems like everybody's against me. And here's some people that have a plan to do something about it. Let's I w- fuck a lot better than what I'm looking at now. I will say this, that this is completely my personal experience. I don't I'm not I'm not claiming that these numbers would hold up if you you know applied them to a larger group of people. But I've been a member of a few musicians forums for I mean years and years. We're talking like pre-9/11 and a lot of people from other countries are on those forums and I've had, you know, I've known them for years, never laid eyes on them, but you know, we've built online friendships at least. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less sympathy for us and more sympathy for the terrorist out there than I think your average American is ready to realize or wants to realize or accept at least. I mean, we're not looked at as the good guys around the world. It's not us riding in on a on a, on a horse and, and, you know, white horse and shining armor. It's a red, not white, and blue case. horse, sir. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Name it's really, America. It's really not. And 
it, it puts us in a rough situation. You, we're we're enemies with we're enemies with people because they're enemies, or we're friends with people because they're they're enemies of our enemies. And once we started down that road and started playing that game, we knew it was just a matter of time before it came back and smacked us in the mouth, and it did. But it is right now, actually, because it's that same mentality that causes this whole Russia scandal in the first place. Exactly. And, I mean, full-on aggression, that's not going to work, because they'll just scatter and hide. And then what are we going to do? Are we going to turn the whole world into a, an American police state? Do we really want to... <laughs> did, did we not see how that worked out for Hitler and his crew in World War II? I mean, eventually, if we start doing that, people are going to start pushing back that are, in our minds, legit countries, not terrorist organizations. It's it's a fucked up situation. That's why I said I think we just have to accept that it's there, and we have to start realizing we need to minimize us walking into situations and kicking the hornet's nest as much as we can. Sometimes it's unavoidable. But we need to be able to identify the times we can't avoid it and do so. I just don't... I, I kind of had hope under the Obama administration that maybe they had the wherewithal to identify those situations and maneuver that minefield. But it just seems like with the two-party system and the constant gotcha mentality with the party that's not in power, we're not going to have that. We're not going to be allowed to have that. Right. It's, I mean, it's and this is nothing new. If you go, like, Kennedy's been dead before we were all born. But if you talk to any of the old timers from MTV, were, yeah, yeah, when so she, is she still a virgin <laughs> at, at fifty? Uh, no, uh, after she asked Martin Landau that stupid question, he took her in the back and fucked her silly. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, back in back then when the Bay of Pigs happened, there was half this country was going. He's a fucking pussy who's light on communism and blah 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 blah. That's not really revisited in the history books. You have to talk to people who were alive and were aware of right. the political climate back then. So, I mean, this is nothing new. It's just, it's a different enemy. And I hate to say it, tinfoil hat on, I guess, but that's what we've been doing since World War II. We've been creating enemies to, to we've basically been tilting at windmills of our own creation to justify the military-industrial complex. Because that's the... We, Really? We have bases still in Germany and Japan. What threat are right. they to us? You know, th this reminds me, too, of a lot of the hypocrisy that I've seen from the alt-right on the issue of terrorism, too. Because, well, to frame this also in the respect that these are... There's a lot, some of these people that I follow on Twitter that are alt-right and also... Well... Uh, they wouldn't call themselves white supremacists, but that's ultimately what it is. And they talk a lot about Racist. their traditional values and, you know, uh, point out, you know, where their heritage is from, all these European countries, and that's, you know, they're bringing their culture from Europe. And then when shit like this goes down, not even in their own country, their response is, well, this is why we need, you know, a border wall. This is why we need... Uh, whatever it is to you know get Muslims out of the country, this is why we should be separated, and you know these people are mad at us for our values and all this bullshit. And yet, these proud white people that you claim to come from, who are in Europe still experiencing terrorist attacks, are going, no, 
Like, we're going to try and take care of the terrorists when we can, but ultimately, we're not kicking all of the Muslims out of our country. We're not putting our, our country on lockdown. We're not going to build walls around it. That's ridiculous. So, they don't even share the values of the people that they claim to come from. On top of the fact that, I mean, I don't, I don't get where they, where they get this idea that America is is here for white Caucasian people, white European Caucasians to to populate, and is theirs by by divine right anyway. But that's a whole other story. But I said I didn't want to get us off on this. Well, we were having a fun time talking about movies. But I guess it's over. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> Our allotted amount of fun has been reached for the week. But hey, yeah, we, we brought it all back full circle again. This is probably a good time to wrap it up. So It's a long weekend. Hopefully, hopefully shit this... <laughs> who knows? All right. Yeah. Wrap it up. Thank everybody for listening. We are in the midst of our best month ever. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for the downloads. We are on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. You can email the show unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net and on Instagram at Unregimented Pod. No, wait. It's just at Unregimented on Instagram. Maybe. Yes. But thanks everybody who is listening. And uh, yeah, uh, who knows what will happen in the next seven days. But enjoy your long weekend, and we will catch you next week. See ya. All right. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.